podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. folks and welcome to episode 345 of Film Bastards. My name's Ian Loring. I'm ever so sorry if the audio quality on my end isn't as good as normal. I'm recording on my AirPods because my Mac is a dick. Um, as always, I am joined by... Becky Foster. Hello, everyone. Uh, Matt Foster. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, uh, one and all indeed. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, we... Uh, Took a week off there for the first time in I don't know how fucking long. Um, wasn't really pre-planned. Um, I was going to skip the week. And then it was like, actually, I kind of do want to watch Extraction. So maybe let's just take a week. So apologies. Um, however, you've basically had that week off already because we just didn't put out the last show until pretty late on. So we'll have a regular schedule now. Um, so coming up on this week's show, the aforementioned extraction. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Spike Jones live documentary, uh, The Beastie Boys Story, which is on Apple TV Plus. Uh, we've also got uh, the 99p rental of the week, iTunes rental of the week uh, in the line of duty, a.k.a. line of duty in the US. And... Did we all watch The Kid? Yes. Cool. So we're also going to talk about uh, the film that we that we uh, were talking about on uh, last week's show, the uh, Dane DeHaan starring Vincent D'Onofrio uh, directed The Kid. So it is a packed one. Uh, Mark tells me there's quite a lot of what we watched on, um, on his side of the call. Um, I've got a few things myself as well. Um, so... Um, you know, release date Armageddon seems to be happening again. Um, Lionsgate announced a bunch of delays. John Wick Chapter 4 pushed back a year. Spiral basically pushed back a year, which seems nuts. Yeah, just, just release it in October. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yes, OK, Halloween kills, fair enough. But there's probably room for you to do spiral two weeks before or two weeks after um and that, that's, that's the all right october 
like could have been a, they could have turned October into a massive it, horror into a month. proper horror release month back yeah. like it used to be yeah. and had you know had your mixture of your you know your, your more trashier horrors things like what Halloween Kills is probably going to be <laughs> yeah. you know um and what they would like to class as prestige horror mm. um in there as well I, I think Spiral apparently is less horror and going for more thriller with horror um motifs within it but the people that are going to see but it people are going to see a horror of, fans yeah, yeah. So you could have dropped three or four big horror releases yeah in kind of what in with Candyman? that's october apparently so late september so between september and like halloween you could have dropped in like a good four big horror movies that would have been amazing reward all the cinema people but now they're just throwing everything at next year yeah it's crazy but i suppose part of that is because they're going shit we might have three months where we literally can't make anything yeah there is that so we need we need space stuff that was ready is still gonna be ready but stuff that wasn't yeah no i know ready. i appreciate that but like, there, there will be stuff that they've delayed for an inordinate amount of time that's that's pretty much ready yeah i mean th- 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 this is the thing i mean at least when the cinemas do open again like the product will be pretty steady because we're going to get like just films that were complete but delayed and then by the time they've all kind of like flushed through you'll have stuff that was actually able to be filmed i mean it was interesting. I mean, it's a TV thing, but the fact that, like, apparently the BBC are considering basically quarantining, like, EastEnders cast and crew, like, to, like, basically sectioning them all off in their own kind of safe space and then being able to film like that. And, like, Love Island, they're talking about doing the same, but in Cornwall, which yeah. is fucking <laughs> hilarious. Um, but, you know, so it does it does there come a time where... You know, Disney are a bit like, hey, we will give you an extra 15% on top of your fucking wage if you are okay with basically saying you're not going to see your family physically for two months, but we're going to quarantine a lot of you and and film. I mean, it was it was interesting. I like I read a tweet from someone the other day saying like what like with marvel it wouldn't really be a problem because it's basically 10 people shooting against a fucking green screen about an hour outside of atlanta and yeah you know like that's not the worst point in the world um so yeah i i, I don't know but then again you know with the way that the, the things do seem to be easing up you have to wonder will things be able to get to a relative semblance of of normality with filming but just like heavy fucking testing well taylor tyler perry said that what he's what he's going to provide doing is um allowing people to essentially stay on site for the duration of 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 filming if they want Uh, he said you know a lot of the sets that we have are fully working sets You see, again, TV related, but it's a film director, so I think it's still relevant. Flanagan's come out and said that he's just really glad that all the filming for Hill House 2 had been completed before the lockdown and it's just in post-production and he can do that from home. Yeah, he's edited it from home, isn't he? So it's coming out still this year. Like post-production stuff, surely that can be done. It's software, isn't it? It's just it, it it's it's more difficult, but it is doable. Like uh, the the post stuff, like that Netflix documentary, The Last Dance. Um, I know it's about basketball, but that's about it. They've had to basically complete the post production of that 
um, like remotely as well. And those things are coming out weekly, but they reckon they'll be all right. Um, it, I, it, it's interesting. I mean, like now the talk is kind of moving towards what is the new normal going to be? Yeah. Mm. It, is it going to be stuff like that? I mean, in the end of the day, you've got some movies where like the cast like have to fuck off to say Australia for three months. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, and they don't see their family then. It's like, yes, operationally, you've got a lot of crew and stuff as well. But if if, if they if the studios have got the resources to do it, it feels like it can still get done. It, it, um, it's, it's getting a little bit like the in the, the the nicest way possible. Studios will basically say, "Look, it's this, or don't work." Yeah. You know, as horrible as that sounds, um, it, it's it, it's kind of they're not meaning it in a in a nasty way. It, it, it's going to be like that for everybody. It's going to be look, every sector is going to have to make adjustments into how they work. It's how we balance these adjustments. It is as simple as this. They're not going to stop making movies until there's a vaccine and there's been a year of no deaths or anything no. like that. It, it, it's not going to happen. The other point that is going to happen is it, there's a strong possibility that, that you know, this strand of the COVID virus is just something like flu that we're just going to have to learn to live with. And just general processes are just going to be a bit different mm. and it's how we adjust to those yeah. over the next couple of years and like you say like like you choose there Ian uh, the new norm yeah it, it's amazing how quick that becomes a thing I mean this is it it's coming it's coming to the point now where I think people you know it's going to be six weeks tomorrow since Johnson announced the lockdown and it's coming to the point now where I think people will be like, look, if we have to live with it, we try and suppress the amount of deaths as much as possible through social distancing. But, you know, I mean, and it, it does sound awful, but it, it it is coming to the point now where it is like, would you potentially risk serious illness or even death to kind of, have a semblance of normality back and if it like the the problem is it's like I can't speak for my household but for me I am a little bit when when like if this is what life is just stuck in your house without being able to like see like see your friends and whatnot is that really worth it you know, and I mean, like, I think it is worth. I, I suppose it is worth it because I've got a wife and a kid. But no, I, I know what you mean. There's a, it's there's the, the, the thing of look. There's a, it, it is being dead or having somebody you know you're close, really close to you, you live with it and like that catch this virus. Is that worth the exchange? No, it's not. But we're talking about. I hate to use a really wanky phrase, but we're talking about the human experience. You know. <laughs> yeah. and, that it, is a wanky thing. And it, it is, it is I that. I get it, though. Is it, it, is it worth that? And it's like, no. We, you know, we, there's not an imprisonment. There's nothing like that. It's just a, for instance, um, it's been really quite nice um, the past couple of weeks. A few days with the rain, it's been really quite nice. Now, usually on those times, we'd be 
Satisfied. We'd be going for a drink and going into a beer garden somewhere. We can't do that. We're happy to not do that at the moment. Is it an inconvenience? No, it's not an inconvenience because it's what we've got to do at the moment. You know, we've all we've all been looking forward to uh, watching Tenant together. Is another thing, mm. um, and we'd still like to do that. If it didn't happen, it was put back to September or October. Would it be annoying and everything? Yes, it would. But we'd take it. If you're then saying that's how we've got to exist going forward with that for the next two or three years, that's when it starts to go right. Holy shit! That's a yeah. Of course, it's better than some of the alternatives. It, it's still wow that's that's going to take a, a huge mental shift yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah quite yeah. I, I i don't know it just the the strain that it's having on other i mean we'll get back to films in a second but the strain it's having on like cancer patients not being able to get like their, their checkups or non-urgent surgery not being able to happen like uh, uh, there's a guy who uh, reports into me at work who um, has got some issues going on and he's unable to get treatment at the moment and it's it's like he he's he's very honestly told me that it's affecting his work it's affecting his mental state and whatnot and it 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 you know it's like one hand giveth the other hand taketh away you know yes lives have been saved by coronavirus but uh, by us that their reaction to coronavirus an awful lot of lives haven't been saved in fairness but what what is going to happen if if it keeps on going down this road you know um victims of domestic violence um kids who basically have school as a way of escaping their home life um that's the kind of stuff that i i i am starting to get worried about myself at, at this point um, you know, selfishly, would I love for my in-laws to be able to see, like, see lots physically again? Yeah. You know, I mean, the, but the key thing for me at the moment is we apparently we're past this peak. It looks like the worst didn't happen. Like I, I saw a news report today saying that the Bristol Nightingale Hospital has not had a single patient. Um, the London one had a peak of, I think, 35 and these measures have worked and the thing is if you keep it going then the transmission i mean the transmission rate they reckon at the moment is about 0.7 if mm. they keep it going does it die down or does it not it doesn't seem like it's dying like the amount of deaths are actually going down quite as much as they thought it was going to i mean it, it's 3d chess um but I'll be honest at this point, if they were like, I, 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 you know, my work have been talking about people returning to work and whatnot, if, if the um, government eases, eases things. And I'm at the point where I'm like, I'll do a couple days a week in work or one week uh, in one week off. No problem. A, I'm showing those who report into me that I'm willing to do it just just like and I'm asking them to and I'm willing to do it. But B. I just want to get back into that habit again and like seeing people, even if it's two meters away, seeing people, you know, and if it means that we have to adapt to a new way of living, but you still get that social contact. Yeah, let's go. Let's just yeah. fucking do it. No I'm, cinemas. I'm, I'm, I'm Sorry, the same. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same with that. I mean, my, my work's sort of 
quite different, even different. I mean, better than you work within retail, but it's, mm. a, it's a very different type of retail yeah, to what yeah, I work within. Yeah. Um, and I, where I'm at the moment, where I'm like, right, cool, you might say that place people can go back to work which is great because i want to go back to work but at the same time if, if you said right people can go back we want shops to reopen etc 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 but people still we want social distancing we want people only going out if it's essential it's like right that's basically saying to my company you reopen open, but you won't have any customers it's like right so i envision me literally just sat there on my own for five days a week just going Bored. <laughs> Bored. I could see them. I could see you having to have someone on the door. Once it, it, like you can go out for non-essential travel, but you still have to practice social distancing. You, you have a limit to how many people you can have in your store. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah, that. But we, we, we. It, 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 it's how they adapt it. It's. Mm. Um. Last thing I think on this is what to say is um, it's all very well and good saying you're going to be giving a roadmap. What would be better if you did beforehand was have the roadmap and give the roadmap rather than constantly telling people you're going to give them a map. Well, the thing is, they should be saying, right, we have a roadmap. The roadmap is this so that people can put preparations in place as to how to. Yeah, how to, that's, what, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Rather, rather than telling people, oh, we're going to be giving you a roadmap. It's like, right, but I set up driving like three hours ago. Could you <laughs> tell me where the fuck we're going? Yeah. We will. When? In about... In about another 40 or 50 miles, we're going to tell you where we're going. Yeah, it is a bit it is a bit silly because they can't just suddenly drop it and go, right, you have to do, workplaces have to do this, this, this and this, or by the way, you open in three days' time. You know, they have to give people a chance to be able to adhere to those regulations, don't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, to, I mean, I, I think if my workplace is anything to go by in terms of like a large multinational organisation, they're having mm. these conversations on like basically on the assumption that the government is going to lift some restrictions for offices and whatnot now if they if they come out and say look if you can work from home you should you're still working from home that's probably going to put the kibosh on all of that but at the moment you know like the things that i, I i've been told by senior management are honestly and i'm not just saying this because i'm being recorded are honestly reassuring um, you know, they're talking about a one way system around the office that, you know, they're, they're talking about only having a, a, a cap to the number of people in talking about temperature checks for people when they come in, um, you know, like paying people's car park fees if they feel uncomfortable about using public transport, which is my one thing to be to be absolutely honest. Um, but. But again, all of that is going to depend on when the hell lots goes back to school, because at the moment I am needed at home when I'm not working to look after look after lots. You know, so it's like I can't even consider going back into the office until that happens. That's going to be the same for so many people. But, you know, then it's like, how the fuck do you get six year olds to maintain social distancing? It's yeah. Fuck it. I mean, fucking hell, man. Like it's. The, the folks who are in charge of all of this, like the the what I mean, the ones around and to put this stuff into place. I hope they have a very nice, long, well-deserved holiday after all of this, because fucking hell. Yeah, I mean, I I, I just think they should put more in bubbles, like bubble boy. Yeah. Lots of kids just rolling around in bubbles. I mean, that sounds that would like work. really good fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. 
Yeah, and if they'd just been arseholes, teachers could just literally just boot them out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> but or they should have a hook on the top, so for like timeouts, and they can like lift them up in the bubble and hook them to something from the ceiling, so they're just swinging there. <laughs> yeah, and get all the other kids to hit it with a bat. I mean, no, you're taking it too far now. <laughs> but back back to the film. So Lionsgate, like they're kicking off all antebellum in September, I think. Yeah. Uh, or is it late August? It's one of the two. Um, and we'll we'll you know we'll see how it goes. Tenet at time of speaking, still planning. They're still planning for July. Um, kind of feels like if it is July, they probably need to stick a trailer out soon. Um, you know we've had the one, but you know let let's get if if they're really serious about July, let's get a new Mulan trailer. Let's get a new Tenet trailer. Let's yeah. let's fuck it. Let's start going. You know, like, let's start this machine up again. Um, and, I mean, like, to be fair, so another bit of news uh, kind of related to this as well. Like, um, some cinemas in some states in the US have uh, reopened uh, this weekend. Uh, there's a, a few screens in Texas, I believe, uh, playing, like, Bloodshot and uh, The Invisible Man. and It's just still stuff that they've loaded. <laughs> yep, yep, basically. Um you know, I, I read a, a report in the FT yesterday saying that um, Cineworld and View um, have restructured their online booking system to automatically take out basically every other row. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and they're, they're talking about like what they're going to be doing, like hand sanitizer fucking everywhere, um, you know, pre-ordering concessions. Um, it. You know, they're going to use, I think, what I understand there, they're talking about bringing in the, um, a lot of the same concession things that you can have at, um, at football grounds. Oh, uh, how's that? So, for instance, at a lot of football grounds, you can pre-order your pint okay. at uh, half-time. And then you go, and it literally is in a, potentially a machine, a vending machine, and you have a code that you type into the number, and it, it gives you your pint. It says you've got a blah, blah, it, you're, in, you're in block C um, and you're in section of block C, you're in section six. Um, your pint will be in number 43. Here's the four-digit code. And you go, you take the four-digit code, bang, your pint's there. So they're not doing the similar sort of thing there. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 I, I, you know, I mean, unfortunately... If that really takes off, then that could be a way of getting rid of concession stands as well, just like they have with box office stuff. Uh, you know, just like if it's just like people out the back shoveling the shit into bags and then sticking it, or even like if it's just a thing that dispenses the popcorn, even, you know. Yeah. I like, mean, it's always baffled me that that hasn't happened yet. Like, literally, there's a big vat of popcorn. You press a button and it gives you the option to get a small, medium, or a large. You hit that, it pulls it out. In, you know, you could have the experience of you could have a big vat where it literally pulls it out in front of you and then you go like that. Mm. It's it, it baffled me that that isn't a thing already. I'm not saying that I want it to be a thing, but it, it isn't a thing already. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, make, it makes sense though, doesn't it? I mean, it, it's, it feels like this, this kind of thing could have a real sea change in how cinemas operate and unfortunately it does mean they could probably cut their operating costs in terms of staff numbers as well but we'll we'll, we'll see um and my bugbear of the week go on all this fucking reporting about cineworld following um odian 
with banning <laughs> Universal films. Right. Yeah. Just because the Empire magazine tweeted about like this and wrote an article about it, and they were talking about it on their podcast this week. No, and they just don't seem to be it's like registering. Shit. Yeah, it's the thing. It's poor report. It's shit reporting. So just to give some con, just to give some context, AMC in the US, um, who own Odeon in the UK, have basically said, right, Trolls World Tour. Universal said about all this money that they made off of it. Fuck you, Universal. We're not playing any of your films anymore. Like any of your films, you're done. Yeah. Um, so I would love to see Odeon try not to play No Time to Die and the new Minions film and Fast Nine. Yeah. You know, good luck to you. And then Cineworld came out and said, we will not play any film that disrespects the theatrical to home release window. The 90 day period, yeah. Which is exactly what they already do. Yep. And then suddenly it becomes Cineworld join Odeon in the blah, 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 blah. And it just, it really got my fucking back up because this is a really, really big bit of news for the UK film industry. And that's a massive point that is being misreported that it is just Odeon. And the the Empire podcast, they were saying, like, well, if it was just Odeon, you'd think, well, yeah, good luck to you. But now Cineworld have joined in. It makes it look more serious. Well, don't, they haven't joined in. And it, it, it does make you think about that. Either do they not know because they've not read it, they've just read a headline and decided to not read the rest of it and then report their version of events on that, in which case that's just unbelievably unprofessional. Mm. Or... Are they doing it to sensationalise something? Because, let's face it, there's not a lot to talk about in movie news at the moment because of that. And so they're using this to go, right, well, we don't have anything to talk about. We can talk about this. It's not quite accurate, but we can get away with it. In which case, again, it's very unprofessional and a little bit a little bit sad in the sense that you've got all of these... Um, it seems like the, the, the movie industry seems to be the one that struggled with this. Mm. So you've got a lot of um, like musicians sitting with dealing with it, all right, because they're they're pivoting and they're adapting and they're going right. How do we how do we do our thing within this? Mm. Um, and so small businesses are, are adapting, doing their thing within it. And then the movie business has literally panicked and gone, oh fuck, we don't know what to do. Apart from literally a few people who like. Bloomhouse, you've gone. We'll fuck it. I'm gonna put this out, and a few of the ones who've gone, we'll, we'll put this out. We'll put this out. Everyone else is kind of they're blinked. They're frozen, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And there is a little bit of news actually. I don't think Ian's finished. Anything. What is it? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I am nearly done. And the thing is, the Empire Podcasts have also been doing this thing since lockdown started about highlighting people's favourite cinemas and trying to preserve the theatrical experience, and they launched this campaign they've had edgar wright write for them about the magic of going to the cinema cool okay great don't then do cinemas dirty by fucking misreporting things it's it just it feels cack-handed and i i really like the empire podcast i've listened to it since its fucking inception um i pay for their spoiler special podcasts which previously 
they have on their main feed, but now they ask you to pay for it. Not super happy about that, but they do have some really, really good interviews with filmmakers that I want to fucking listen to. Um, so it is disappointing that they've they've kind of taken this ball, they've run with it, and even though multiple people, not just me, have fucking tweeted them saying this is not right, they don't seem to have done anything to actually like acknowledge that. Um, and that's very, very frustrating. And I bet, you know, I bet if I was Cineworld, if I was the people who work for Cineworld right now, I, I'd, I'd be even more angry. Their, their share price is not doing great. They've said quite publicly that if there was a prolonged shutdown, their very existence would be at stake. Um, this is not the kind of thing that they need, because obviously you're going to get investors reading shit like this, basically saying Cineworld are not going to play the next Bond film. And, you know, what are cinemas there to do? Play films. That's going to spook people. Yeah. Um, so I am done. It was very annoying. And I hope they correct themselves on next week's podcast. I wouldn't hold your breath. <laughs> I wouldn't hold my breath either. Becky. What are you saying, news? Uh, just, just some casting news. Um, uh, obviously they're rebooting the Resident Evil movies, aren't they? To stick more to the stories of the games than the complete departure from any kind of canon plot that the yes. uh, existing movies are. Apparently. Um, yeah. And apparently um, the girl, I can't remember the name of now, that plays Ghost in Ant-Man and the Wasp is, has been offered the role of Jill Valentine. Oh, Hannah, double barrel name. Yeah, Hannah, something or other. Hang on, give me a sec. Uh, Jill Valentine, that's cool casting. Hannah John Cameron? Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, I, I can see that, to be honest. I think that would be quite good. But if they if they start at the beginning and then actually do the stories in the games, I am fucking well up for that. What, for so like this... This new one could literally be like Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine in the mansion. In the mansion, yeah. That'd be pretty great. That'd be awesome. Like, because I, I, I love the Resident Evil movies, I really do. But we were discussing it on our walk the other day, weren't we? Mm. <laughs> the There is no Alice in the games. Yeah. Like, it, they, they, they just don't stick to the story at all. It's like they've gone, yeah, I want to make some movies about this T-Virus thing. But nah, we're not sticking to that. <laughs> Yeah, because they kind of, they, they fake you out with the mansion towards the start of the first Resident Evil, don't they? But then very quickly, it's right off underground we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, yeah, I would, I think that'd be really cool. I don't I think it'd be a good idea to just, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, I enjoy the Resident Evil franchise. Hmm. Um, I think it's very hard to differentiate between which one's which now. Um but it would, I think it'd be quite cool. Resident Evil clearly still rings a chord with people. So it'd be mm. quite cool if they just went, right, well, let's let's give it another go and see if we can't just match this to this. Exactly, yeah. Like, the, the stories clearly grab people. Yeah. So why not make a movie that actually sticks more to it? You know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have made three if two hadn't done well. They wouldn't be making four if three hadn't done... You know, it must be, it must be selling decent numbers. So... Mm. It's um, it's quite exciting, really. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, yeah, that'll be what like a year or two out. Um, Johannes Roberts is directing it. Who 
I want to say he did the Strangers sequel that I heard good things about but never caught up with. Um, he did um, 47 Meters Down. Um, Mark, did you, were you at that Friday Fest when, uh, when F played? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he directed that. I quite, I remember liking that. Um, some decent stuff, actually. Yeah, no, he's... Recently, he's, he's Yeah, he's not bad. He did that fucking Storage 24, that Noel Clark one as well, which wasn't bad. Um... Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm intrigued to see what he does here. Like, it's obviously going to be like fairly like low budget for like your Hollywood horror, but I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. Um, have you finished three yet, Ian? No, not going to. Well, hi. Scary. It's it's not really. Scary. Okay. Scary. Can't do it. I think I got quite far in. I was, finding those, I was finding those fuses and then it it, it, I, it just, I was too tense. <laughs> Have you made the vaccine yet? Have I met, yeah, like, so. It's the fuse got, after that, yeah. I got the vaccine and then I had to fight off all the zombies when they were trying to get into the, the room that Jill was in. Yeah. And then I was Jill. And yeah. I was in the I was in the like the underground like the underground thingy um like under the hospital and then I had to find some fuses right but then I got a bit lost and scary things were happening so I stopped fair enough did you get attacked but, by dogs yes that, that bit is not fun I just no, shot them to the face yeah, no, it's not. I, I don't want to talk about Resident Evil 3 anymore. It's too scary. <laughs> I mean, like, I got further than I did with Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 2 is fucking terrifying. Like, that, like it's... Like, Resident Evil 3, it's got a more action horror vibe, which I appreciated. Resident Evil 2 is definitely more survival horror. But, no, nah, yeah. Resident Evil 2, I can only get... I can literally only play it for, like, 10 minutes at a time. Um, yeah, can't be going with it. I'm moving on. I don't want to talk about Resident Evil anymore. Okay. Do you know what I do want to talk about? Go on. I want to talk about Extraction. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> extraction is directed by Sam Hargrave, or is it by Hargrave? It is Hargrave. Should have stuck with my first instinct. And it stars uh, Chris Hemsworth. Oh shit! Actually, I, I, just one other bit of news. Irfan Khan passing away at 53. Yeah. Real fucking shame. That yeah, is, it is. That is no fucking age whatsoever. And I loved seeing that guy in every fucking thing that I saw him in. He yeah. was just a. He was a delight. He he brought that because um, not not a lot of actors um, managed to to move from Bollywood into Hollywood to mm. use a horrible tagline for it yeah. but not a lot of actors managed to do that um and managed to actually do it quite seamlessly but he brought that that sheer level of bollywood charisma mm. Mm. um to to every film that he was in where like you say he was just such a watchable actor that when he turned up on screen you kind of went all right yeah i am fine for the next 10 minutes cuz he's just He's just—he was a delight in anything he was in. Mm. You know, him 
I think a lot of the success of that first Jurassic Park, the, the newer versions of Jurassic World, yeah. was him. And like the fact, how fucking smiley he is, yeah. how excited he is. Like, and, and, yeah. And him, him flying the helicopter, despite the fact that he's clearly not that great at it, but just <laughs> being like... Being an Indian non-prick Richard Branson. <laughs> yeah. Now all of the, you know, stealing money and creepily picking up girls. Yeah, like, no. no if, you, if you type in Richard Branson promotional things, he's always holding a girl up. I that. Yeah, it's really fucking creepy. That is weird. That and his weird hair. His hair is weird. And the fact that he's a grown man with a fucking goatee. How old is Richard Branson now? Like, it must be like it must be late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, can tell he's a bad egg because he's got a goalie. Yeah. You know yeah. that all, all people with goalies are babbies. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But um, yeah, rest in peace, Irfan Khan. That was a fucking horrible bit of news it to was. wake up to the other day. Um, and I mean, you know, that's not the. <laughs> That's not the biggest fucking deal about it, you know, that I woke up to some bad news. It was just a... No, I mean, I just kind of thought that guy was going to be around for fucking decades. Um, yeah, you so, were looking looking forward to seeing what he was going to be in next. Yeah, straight, yeah, that's a great way of putting it. You see the laundry across the street? Yep. Walk to it. Promanda. Praman. Teka. Praman. Pramanda. Teka. You show me the kids, all right? I tell my people they pay you. Do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> Come here. Hey. Um, okay, so uh, Extraction stars uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Rudraksh Jaswal, uh, Randeep Uda, uh, uh, Niha Mahajan, um, and uh, old uh, fucking David Harbour is there as well, isn't he? Yeah, David Arbor. Um, so, Extraction is the story of Tyler Rake, played by Chris Hemsworth, who um, <laughs> the kid actually says, like, Rake, what, you mean, like, the garden tool? It was like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, it is a stupid name, isn't it? Good work calling it out. Um, yeah, so Wait, where he's like, you don't look like a Tyler's quite funny as well. <laughs> yeah. What do I look like? A Brad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, um, Tyler Rake, played by Chris Hemsworth, is, um, kind of a bit of a washed up kind of mercenary guy who still looks like he's got like 0% body fat, despite the fact he drinks all the time by the looks of it. Um, he accepts a mission to, uh, extract 
Ovi, uh, played by Rudraksha, Rudraksha Jaswal, sorry, um, who is the son of a drug lord who's been kidnapped by another drug lord. Um, but some shit goes down, some kind of shady shit goes down, even though it basically boils down to the drug lord didn't really like the person who the drug lord got to sort out the extraction didn't want to pay for the extraction because he didn't have the money i think it was yeah uh so yes so um tyler and ovi have to uh basically kind of go on the run from uh, everybody really um so extraction this is written by Joe Russo, I believe. It's another Agbo production after we talked about 21 Bridges on the last episode. And uh, yeah, this is this is almost like Netflix's answer to your big summer blockbusters. Except Netflix can go, we don't have to come out in cinemas so we can be as fucking violent as we want. Yay! <laughs> not not um, only that, it, it, it is on course um, to be... Netflix's biggest ever release. Nice. Which is fucking hilarious for what <laughs> this is. Like, I, I love it. Becky, what did you think of Extraction? Caveat, you didn't want to watch this, did you? I didn't, no. And no. I, I, I literally tricked you into watching it, didn't yeah, I? Well, not, it wasn't a sophisticated trick. It wasn't was a sophisticated trick, no. You just put I it on while we were having Put breakfast. it on. <laughs> what, did you like Gaslighter by saying, like, no, this is Resident Evil, the final chapter? I don't know <laughs> <laughs> no, he could have easily bribed me with, like, if you watch this with me, you can play your game for a bit again. I tried that the other night. You just said, why don't you just watch it upstairs while I play my game? Yeah, I did do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I, I have restarted again and then i'm gonna play the original resident evil oh fucking hell you've started the resident evil 3 again that's the third time now yeah yeah well i finished it no third no i I played resident evil 2 just before i got resident evil 3 (sighs) and then played it through twice and then i've started it again and then i want to play number one again um anyway just very quick before we get into the film do you know what i really miss on wikipedia on Wikipedia. Yeah, you know, do you remember they used to have the? Um, is it phonetic? They still uh, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Like for for names that are challenging. Challenging. They they used to have like the the phonetic pronunciation, and then they used to have a little speaker thing next to it, and you could press it, and it would read it out. Uh, they do. It's not available on most Apple devices, but all of them. Fuck you, Apple. Um, anyway, yeah, extraction. So I, yeah, I didn't really want to see it to be honest. It it just didn't look like my bag. Um, despite the fact that it's got Chris Hemsworth in it and he's really violent, which is it kind of it kind of is your bag. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm kind of surprised you said that. But yeah, but just just from the plot, like he has to extract a drug lord's kid, and I just I was just like, oh god, no, I can't, I can't be asked. But I I really fucking enjoyed it. I it, the violence is magnificent. Love that. It's made me want to watch Raid again. <laughs> Weirdly, that's exactly what I fucking thought as well. Like, <laughs> I should go watch, give the Raid another go. Yeah, defo. Um, but yeah, because it's just that same kind of un... Like, like raw violence. It's not like... It doesn't feel stupidly choreographed. It's not like... I don't know. It's not polished violence. Mm. Um 
so yeah that's why it made me think of the raid um but yeah actually the, the story's great in the art you know it, as much as there is one it's not it's not a complex story but there is a story there um you know and it's it's the, the interaction between him and the kids are nice you've got this kid that's like he seems to be sort of fairly privileged and stuff but like when they start talking he's not particularly cared about he's seen more as an asset than a than a human being and so he's kind of got no supportive father figure in his life and obviously Chris Hemsworth's got the situation where he's lost his son so they kind of they come together from that those kind of angles in that he's a son figure for Chris Hemsworth and then he's a father figure for the boy um because even the 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 other guy the henchman he's like he's horrible to him he's not really got like a a person so that was quite nice um but yeah no I, I, there's not a huge amount to say about it because it's not it's not got complex plot points to lean on what are you looking at that for i'm just, I'm just listening to you um but yeah i think i think the action was was really fucking well done and yeah violent woo <laughs> brilliant <laughs> mark what do you think um yeah i, I really liked it um it's it's like Beck said there, it's very, very violent, but it's not it's not over stylized violence and it's not quite hyper violent. So it's not gore fixated. It's very much fixated on the um the mechanics of the violence rather than the effects of the violence. There's some good sound effects. There's some very good sound effects. Bull and crunchy noise. Yeah. Um, Those are good. Like you said, that it, I like the fact that it has a uh, that this is your washed up Chris Hemsworth. So we had washed up Thor, which we got fat Thor who couldn't do anything and was an alcoholic. And then this game was a completely different washed up Chris Hemsworth where he's basically just Chris Hemsworth but doesn't really care if he lives or dies. Um, I, I, I like that element of it. It was quite nice. It's... It's, again, it's a simple story, but it's a simple story quite well told. Mm. And it did get a little bit confusing as to what was actually going on um, during it. But I think that was intentional. I think yeah. you were supposed to be a little yeah, bit yeah. confused about what was going on. Because you had the, the guy who was his... Um, his father's in prison. Um, so he's got somebody else running the drug empire from the outside um, there. So essentially he's constantly airing um <laughs> for that and you think well, what's he doing why is he trying to get him and yeah because you kind of think as he as he kind of as like, he turned on yeah the, and then you went, the but, but thinking, well, why would he no because he had that conversation with his wife and then you realize oh no he's he just, just doesn't want to pay he just doesn't want to pay fair enough that's pretty cool but i think the confusion that you're having within the movie is intentional yeah, um, I think the, the main characters are meant to be confused as well. Yeah. They're kind of looking at it going, what the fuck? I like, I like the fact that it basically says, that, that what the film says is, look, all this stuff that's going on in Bangladesh, people would just continue going off on with their lives because there's too much <laughs> already going on in Bangladesh. So if something about nice yeah. fight, somebody will still be in the background selling onions. They that, that, that one fucking scene where they are having the fight and then the car like has to beep them out like like <laughs> like the car just kind of beeps at them and they have to move out the fucking way while they're having the fight like yeah man like just because i i noticed that it is 
you're watching them having this fight, and there's a few people standing around him watching, but there's an awful lot of people just going about their day. Yeah, and just that that detail is yeah, really good. It, 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 it's a really well done little bit, and it, it, it adds to that. Um, is it? Does it go a little bit OTT sometimes? Yeah, but I like the fact that it goes OTT sometimes, but doesn't over-stylize itself. Um, also, as well, uh, it gets extra mark points for Chris Hemsworth beating the all-living fuck out of uh, a group of obnoxious kids. Yeah, he did like um, that. Yeah. I did really like that. Thought he should have got more violent with them. That one kid with the fat head can fuck right off, though. Yeah, but that, well, he should, he, he sh- I, I said to you, he should have taken the fucking chance when he had it. Big little fan of him just. Oh, Sorry, the little kid. Yeah, the little kid that he should have shot in the face in the yeah. room. Yeah. yeah. Should have shot that kid in the face. And then, then the other one that shoots him, he can. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, it's. I, I like the fact that, that Hemsworth doesn't. It, uh, no, he doesn't grow to, to. He doesn't warm to the kid over time. He doesn't. He doesn't start off as he's just a package to mm. him. And, you know, it, it, over time, their bond grows. Straight away, he's got a... Very he's very protective yeah. over the kid. And he's he's wanting to make sure the kid feels safe and feels okay. At no point is he an arsehole to the kid. Oh, the bit with the chocolate bar. You know, yeah, straight away. But even before that, even when he... Um, the first interaction he has with the kid, mm. where he's looked at the kid, when he's, he's, what is it, when he said, you know, proof of life. He's up the kid, and then he goes straight in, and then he kind of he, he has this thing where he cuts the thing off, and he puts his hand on his knee as if to just say, "Look, just it's okay." Yeah. And then straight away from that, then you have the chocolate bar, and the "Come on, we need to get off." And you know, it, there's all bits like that. There's no gradual. He doesn't snarl at him or any, at any point. I don't think Chris Hemsworth could. I don't think he could, no. But I, I just I, I thought that was very good, and I think again, I, I think what gets lost in the whole Hemsworth um, <laughs> sphere of being. Chris Hemsworth, not not Chris Hemsworth, and who Hemsworth? Uh, you know, because you do have those two. Um, oh, God, yeah, you do. Yeah, there's there's not Chris Hemsworth, which is the one that was in the. Yeah. Um, I'm go, I'm go. Don't talk about him with his real name. He's called not Chris Hemsworth. No, he's the only you... name now because I'm I'm. You've got to take sides in the Miley Cyrus first. Oh yeah, in, in that what is it? And then you've got he's a Hemsworth, which, which is the that? one in. Um, Westworld. Hmm. Yeah. There's another Hemsworth. Yeah. Luke Hemsworth. Yeah. I seem to remember. I just think that at Christmas, they all just get told that they're not called Chris. Um, There's there's a very good clip online of Woody Harrelson and Liam Hemsworth on a Hunger Games press (laughs) where, (laughs) yeah, Liam Hemsworth, like, references, like, Chris Hemsworth being his brother, and then Woody Harrelson is, like, just stops and looks at him and just, like, I never knew that. Hey. <laughs> and it's, it's and not it's like during like, the first Hunger Games, is it? It's like the third. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, it's brilliant because it's just like, yeah, we've had that conversation before, Woody. And it's like, yeah, all right, fucking. Um, I would imagine that is, a, that is something that Woody Harrelson just forgets every single time and is delighted every time he learns of it. <laughs> <laughs> Woody Harrelson does seem like a man who is delighted a lot with life. Which is a great, a beautiful thing. Uh, but yeah, right. I think with the Chris Hemsworth thing, it is what gets lost in all like the the sheer amount of charisma he's got and the fact that he's been very good at comedy and he's very good at action and all this is. I think that he he actually is a really quite a good actor. Yeah. In, in with yeah. it all. Um, 
and I didn't expect this film to make me cry. Yeah, and I, it's, I, I do think that the the current criticism of it seems to be, oh well, it's very violent, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it's about a mercenary getting a kid who has an entire city trying to kill him from one side of the city to another. Yeah, it's violent. It's supposed to be violent. <laughs> One thing we were confused about was like the amount of outfit changes the weird drug dealer guy had. There was that. Yeah. No, the, the 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 whole thing about like why why would Saju pay Chris Hemsworth and his team to do that one tiny bit when he seems to have all of the skills to do all of it and then double cross him when he seems like he would have been perfectly capable. Yeah. Yeah. That that could be it. Anyway, what what do you think of it? Um, I thought Extraction slapped very hard. Um, big fan and wasn't really expecting to be it wasn't that I didn't want to watch it it was just like I think like Becky said just like it it felt very uh, Chris Hemsworth has to go in and rescue a kid and then people double cross him but um, just the the action is fucking terrific That, that one continuous um, car chase, one shot car chase scene where you're getting it from different angles from it being because the, the the bit where it's in the car was fantastic, and yeah. then it comes out of the car and you get it out of the car. It was it was a really well done shot for a first time director. Yeah, so I mean he's um, I think it was like a stunt stunt coordinator on Atomic Bond, a blonde. Mm. So. I think he's from like the Leech and Stahelski school, which is brilliant. Um, yeah. oh, oh, also just a slight tangent: the news that Leech and um, Stahelski are kind of like reuniting with Lana Wachowski on Matrix Four to kind of provide some like creative consultancy on the action sequences. Brilliant. The fact that Lana Wachowski is just fucking directing all the action herself. Very exciting as well. Matrix Four is going to be a fucking. Uh, it's going to be a banger, I think. Anyway, I, I, I do. I think that's going to surprise people of how fucking good it's going to be. Yeah, like that. That film is going to do some amazing action shit, I think. But because they've said, haven't they, that they that they want to focus more on right. How can we practically do this rather yeah. than which is what we did on the first Matrix, and then we screwed the pooch by just doing right we can just cgi the rest of this on the next ones yeah quite i i it's that yeah really really keen on seeing some stuff from matrix 4 and i hope it's sooner rather than later um i i think they'd pretty much finished shooting before it all kicked off yeah so uh here's hoping but anyway um yeah so yeah i the the action is terrific like the violence is nice and crunchy um but yeah, it, the, the the story does weirdly work. There's a lot of downtime in the film, um, mm. and it's used pretty well. Um, I mean, I think the the, the the kind of like almost like the child soldier aspect with that one kid Farhad who like decides that he wants to be the one who kills Chris Hemsworth, like that. You know it. it it, it, it's there and you know towards the end he does do what you think is like the fatal shot and then you know it, it never really quite develops what that wants to say 
maybe, but I do like the I do like how blunt the film is with kids around here are fucking dangerous as well. Yeah. You know, like that one bit that you ref- you guys referenced earlier on where that kid is literally trying to shoot him in that fucking flat. Like you you don't see that every day. That's an interesting detail. Um and yeah, I mean it feels like if it was a film that was going to be like more more like seriously minded, less actiony and really get into that 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 could be really interesting as well. But they focus on the action, and that's that's fine too. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Hemsworth's arc I thought was was cracking. Um, I like the you know the David Harbour character. As soon as soon as someone says on the phone, like, "Are you sure that's a good idea that we call Turncoat?" But I like Turncoat way that he is. It's not the "I'm gonna fuck you over." It's I am trying to help you. You saved my life once. I'm going to save your life and, you know, we're both going to get rich doing it, but I'm still saving your life. I, I like that there, there's that detail there. It just, it, it feels like all these like little details, it just adds extra effort in and it makes the film feel more three dimensional as a result, along with the action. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's like the best picture of the year or anything, but I will say that it's one of the only Netflix original films that I've seen where I was like, shit, I wish I saw that in the cinema. Yeah, it's... I was surprised. Because one thing, I think I was more up for watching it than than you guys. Um, Yeah. But the one thing I would say is what did worry me was the fact that it's touching two hours. I was a bit like, right, that seems like an awfully thin story. I'm not fussed about a thin story but this seems like the sort of thing that should be able to be told in 104 minutes mm. and then there's 15 minutes of credits and the film before credits is 103 minutes long exactly yeah <laughs> I mean, sorry i think i just i think i just burst your bubble there mark i'm no, sorry no, no, like, i just well, i, I mean, thought that was really funny that like the credits are that fucking long yeah but what i mean it is that that's what kind of worried me was shit we're gonna have that mm. Um, so you know, if, if you're 104 minutes, you're basically 96 minutes usually, yeah, that's um, and that's a good sort of punchy way to do it. Um, but then, like you said, the downtime actually felt well used and felt yeah. well managed, and it, it, it peppered it in. It was for, again for a first filmmaker, the pacing of it was really fucking good. You know, um, I mean, it should be the man has an incredible beard. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's it, in, it, in it. terms of Agbo Productions, it's like I would have rather have seen this in the cinema than Twenty One Bridges get a theatrical release, and I think I would have, I think I maybe would have liked Twenty One Bridges more if I didn't pay for the rental. It was just like that Netflix release that was out that week. You know, I think I, the difference is um, they went with Netflix for this one, didn't they? They went with Amazon for Twenty One Bridges. Hmm. And put it on, across Amazon, they throw their stuff out at cinemas majoritively, don't they? Mm. Yeah, I, 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 it, it was like after Avengers Endgame, and they was like, right, the the Russos are going to split off, they're going to form their their this Agbo Films thing. It's like, yeah, all right, use your cachet, see what you do. And then Twenty One Bridges, it's like, it's interesting, but it's not as good as it you want it to be. Yeah. And then Extraction. I've got to be honest, better than I ever thought it was going to be. Like, this is 
early contender for my number one surprise of the year, frankly. No, no, I, 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 I think I can agree with that, certainly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, it's a banger. It slaps. It fucks. It, you know, it, it, it does all those things. It's a really, really, really good time. And I will watch 10 more of these, please. Well, that that's it. I will... I mean, there's going to be a sequel. Mm-hmm. Without question. There will be a sequel. Because it's done... It's done really well for Netflix. Um, but yeah, the, the fact is you were at the end of it going, no, I've watched another one of these. I've watched another tale of uh, Tyler Rake. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I really like that last shot as well, where it's like, it's kind of like it's in the pool and you just kind of see him like shimmery, like just stat, stood by the side of the pool. I, 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 it was a very very cool shot I mean it, it just it's a really fucking visually interesting film it was shot by uh, Newton Thomas Siegel who uh, shot a lot of Brian Singer's stuff if not all of it and um, yeah, I mean that's the thing it's like a first time director but he's got some good people around him I mean like the Russo's producing is going to be very very helpful um, you know Henry Jackman like co-collaborates on the score so the score's, the score's nice and propulsive it's um yeah, I mean, these Ag- the Agbo films, they've got um, Cherry coming up, which is a uh, like, real-life story um, starring Tom Holland. Um, and it's like, I, I, I want to say, yeah, it sounds quite dark. It's like Tom Holland doing some shit he hasn't done before. I'm a lot more interested in what they're going to do now. Um, a lot more interested than I was after 21 Bridges. So, yeah, good on it. And I mean, like, it, it's not just a name thing. Joe Russo wrote the fucker. So, yeah, I mean... It, Man, like I say, surprise of the year, definitely not shit. Like, really, definitely not shit. Oh yeah, def- definitely not shit. It, it, it's, I, I give it um, four out of five on on Letterbox, and I'm, I'm I'm very happy with that. Yeah, fair enough. Seems like a decent. Where you it? Yeah, definitely not shit. I mean, um, it's, it, it's just not. Our audience poll was because I think I did actually tweet this one out. Yeah, um, definitely shit. Forty four percent. Touching cloth. Twenty two percent. Shit, twenty-two percent, and Geostorm, twelve percent. Oh, okay. It's uh, more mixed than what we've given it, but no, okay. Um, I will say as well, just a moment in that car sequence where Chris Hemsworth tells the kid to um, put his seatbelt on, and then the kid's just like, "I've had my seatbelt on the entire time. You drive like you're insane." <laughs> Very strong, <laughs> fucking strong. Yeah. Um, and also, also. I don't think I've ever seen... I've mentioned this to Donna earlier on because it just really, like, uh, spoke to me. In that sequence as well, I don't think I've ever seen, like, someone being given directions in an action film and then just forgetting them. So like, it's <laughs> that bit where she's like, take the next left, and then he drives past it. She's like, no, the next left. And then he, he's like, oh, fucking hell. And then he has to reverse. <laughs> back, like, yeah. It was brilliant. Oh. Like, I, I just, again, and that's another little detail that... You know, if this was a bit more like run of the mill and may, maybe just didn't have as much care taken with it, that they, they wouldn't do. And it just adds an extra bit of flavor. Like there's, you know, like the, the fight sequences are, are, are like they don't feel like they're choreographed within an inch of their life. There's quite a lot of like errors made. Uh, which, which I really appreciate as well. Like this film, fuck, it's a great film. Anyway, Extraction. 
Well, right. I wanted to mention that I completely forgot about until uh, until then. Um, the bit where he slaps the kid across the face and tells him to piss off. I loved that bit. Yeah, oh, that was How great. He just open hand slaps him around the face. It, it's very disrespectful, isn't it? Yeah. And also, like you said, it is an amazingly Australian thing. So we don't often get so Australian. We don't often get Australian Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Just the fact that he keeps on calling the kid mate as well. Like I really like I, I really like that. Is it yeah. Fuck it. I, I'm so ready for Chris Hemsworth to have a non Marvel franchise where it's just him doing really fucking dirty action for Netflix. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. Terrific. Right, okay. Let's uh let's move on to um Go to jail. I don't fucking seem fair to me. Yeah. That doesn't seem fair to you. I'm going to leave. I'm taking my nephew with me. You sure you want to do that? You want to leave here with all these people watching? Every single one of these people is going to tell the tale of what a chicken shit you are, how you pissed your pants and ran when Pat Garrett showed up. That ain't true. That's what they're going to say. That is not true. They know it's not true. It doesn't matter what's true. It matters the story they tell when you're gone. Let's let's chill it out a bit with uh, with the kid, which is uh, directed by Vincent D'Onofrio and stars uh, Dane DeHaan, um, Jake Scher, who I noticed shares a surname with one of the producers on the film. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Layla it's George. Been an awful lot. <laughs> Yeah, well, yes, yeah, that's, yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, Ethan Hawke and uh, Chris Pratt. So, uh, yeah, we uh, are reviewing this because we were talking about Dane DeHaan and what, what kind of happened to Dane DeHaan, and he was in this. He stars as um, Billy the Kid, but he's not really, like, the focal point of the story. Instead, it's a, a brother and sister played by Jake Scher and Layla George who um, uh, run away from their home after... Um, their mother is killed by their father and then the boy kills the, the father. Um, they run away and um, find themselves um, crossing paths with Billy the Kid, played by Dane DeHaan and crew. Uh, when um, Ethan Hawke's uh, Pat Garrett um, catches uh, Billy the Kid, they go along as well, uh, wanting to basically get a ride to Santa Fe. And uh, Billy the Kid kind of strikes up a bond with the kid. So, who is the kid of the title? Well, who knows? Uh, Mark, the kid, what do you think? Uh, I've just checked, by the way. Um, Jake Sure is Jordan Sure's uh, son. Of course he is. Um, I mean, like you say, it was a. It, it's interesting to drop a different story uh, into the mix of the, um, Billy the Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Mm. Um, and it, it's. It's interesting how that's done. The only issue I think I have with that is um, the Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid elements of the film are a lot more interesting than the um, the two um, the brother and sister combo against um, Chris Pratt. That it, that feels like a side mission that the movie didn't need. Uh, that was there so I can't quite I can't quite grasp why it, it, which came first 
did the idea to write a background of the kids story come first or did the idea to write a story about these two kids um, and then went, oh, and what if they write a billion, what if they write that? And it's like, all right, a lot going on there, Vince, but I'd like to know which came first um, in that. Uh, but, yeah, I really liked it. It, it. it suffers a little bit that the thing that a lot a lot of modern westerns do where it, it feels a little bit too much like it's trying to be a western at points rather than just being one but then it really it does really well in falling back on the fact that uh it's hard to make the west not look fantastic not that the west mm. the place but the actual the visual of it um and ethan hawk and dane dehan are both very much in form with this hmm. i do get a feeling like chris pratt maybe a little bit i, I don't know it's just chris pratt now in a serious role <clears throat> i still kind of get the feeling that he seems like at any point he's about to make a joke <laughs> yeah um but yeah I, I think that's my only my only issue there is i think that the kid is terrible in it he's awful in it if, if, if I'd have been Bird Kid or Pat Garrett, I'd have shot him. Oh, um, I didn't mind the kid. I hated his oh, sister. He was so whiny. I didn't like his sister. He was so whiny. He cried an awful lot. Oh, he lot. did cry a lot. And yeah. I don't like children, especially no. when they're crying. He did shoot his uncle in the head, though. He did, yeah, but he cried a lot before that, didn't mm. he? Um, I mean, to, to be fair to the kid, like, I didn't think he was that great either, but if you're basically acting all your scenes opposite either Dane DeHaan or Ethan Hawke, you're probably going to look shit. Well, yeah, th- there is that, because I think Dane DeHaan... Oh, that's interesting. So what? you know what we were just saying about uh, Jake Shaw? Yeah. So Layla George that plays the annoying singing sister. Yeah. Her full name is Layla George D'Onofrio. I didn't mean that stuff Shut the, the fuck up, really. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Oh right, that's interesting. I, 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 cause I didn't think she was too bad in it actually. Oh, I hated her. I didn't like the fact that she sang because it's another trope that I don't like of westerns. Mm. Is oh everyone sang because they had no TV and no blah. I bet they did. I bet they did that. It's another. I bet they just got fucking blind drunk and went to sleep. Yeah, early. It, it, that's that's another one of those. Oh, in the seventies, everyone danced in unison in clubs. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> They didn't. You watched you watched Saturday Night Fever and you think that happened and it didn't. Um, but yeah, Dane DeHaan's fantastic as Billy the Kid. I like the fact yeah. that he plays him as a essentially a kid who has just got a bit of notoriety and it, it kind of happened by accident, but happens to be a little bit smarter than the majority of the uneducated people around. Mm. Um, I love the fact that they play the, the the fact that Pat Garrett was obsessed. Yeah. Um, there's a great moment in it, uh, and I promise I'll let someone speak in a second. Um, where they go to uh, the first town, and Vincent D'Onofrio is there, and they say, "We want Billy," and they say, "No, you can't have him. I'm taking him to Santa Fe." And then you get uh, Ethan Hawke going. Um, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a gunfight. Anyone who don't want to get involved, get away now. And everyone scatters, and it's literally one shot. Yeah. <laughs> One shot is fired and then it's gone. Him, yeah, but that, I like the fact that it was it builds up to something that actually is nothing. It felt a little bit real. Yeah. So yeah. I, I quite like that. Um, yeah, we'll get more into it, but that was I, I liked it, 
But I think that the story that Vincent D'Onofrio wanted to tell isn't the story I wanted to hear. Yeah, because I think it's 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 supposed to be more the story of the the boy and mm-hmm. it, the Billy the Kid and Pat Garrett is used as like a framing yeah. essentially, isn't it? Whereas, yeah, I think you'd rather have seen more about. Yeah. But there's plenty of movies about that, isn't there? Surely. There is, but I wanted to see. I wanted to see the Ethan Hawke. The, the Ethan Hawke, Dane the Ham take on it. Mm. You know, it, it, it's that. Mm. Yeah, there are, there are a few very good movies uh, about this story, but the, the beauty of um of stories about things like this is they're not remakes they're just different versions of the same story so why can't we have one every 15 years <laughs> with different people you know why can't we have this person's take on it or this person's mm. performance on it? It, it, it it's interesting and we get it here you know they're very good at it mm. but i'd have preferred to watch 90 odd minutes of that rather than 90 rather than 45 minutes of that and 40 minutes of, of this kid that can't stop crying. Crying a lot. Yeah. I really I really enjoyed it, to be fair. Um, the kid is a bit annoying. I don't think he annoyed me quite as much as, as Mark, but he was a bit of a crybaby. Um, but, you know, there's there's some there's some quite, like, good... He, he isn't supposed to be very old, and obviously... 15. Yeah, but... No, he's 14. He's 14, dickhead. And, you know, he's, he's killed his dad. He goes, he needs to talk to Billy the Kid to try and save his sister, and they won't let him. So he goes and fucking starts shooting a gun in a bank. Like, you know, there are some bits that you're like, do you know what? Fair play, kid. And the bit at the end where he cries and Pat Garrett gives him a hug, he just shot his uncle in the fucking head. Like, I think as a 14-year-old, that would maybe stir up some emotions. Not like, essentially, his entire family, except his sister, are dead. So he killed them all. We did kill two of them, yeah. <laughs> you know, still still talks the most though, isn't it? Um but no, I really liked it. I liked Dane DeHaan's portrayal of, of Billy the Kid. Ethan Hawke was fantastic as, as Pat Garrett. Um the sister really pissed me off. I don't know why she rubbed me up the wrong way, but she just really did. She I could I could have done without her. I think it was the singing at the start. And, like, all the poignant shit she said. Some of the script was a little bit OTT at points. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think my main takeaway from it, sort of, aside from I enjoyed the film and I'm really glad I watched it, is it, why did this slip so far under the radar? Yeah. It's really odd, given the cast. That's that. That's my big confusion about this film, to be fair. It's... um. It makes me wonder if, like, I don't know, like, given the amount of, like, production companies and shit you, you see at the start, like, the logos and whatnot, like, whether the distribution, like, just never really got quite figured out. I mean, so Lionsgate comes up at the start, and it's like, could they just not market? I, I don't know, because, I mean, like, the only... In terms of, like, mainstream audiences... The big name here is probably Chris Pratt, and he's not in it much, and I dare say he's not great in it. Um, and it, it, is it just one of those ones that kind of just got tangled up in? Oh, we'll release it here, and oh, actually no, we're going to release it there, and shit, maybe we just need to dump it. Just read um, it right here, and it says that it was released uh, on March the eighth mm. last year. 
but the first trailer came out February the 21st last year. So the trailer came out, and then literally two weeks later, the movie came out. Which, which is weird because I mean, like, yeah, I mean, the cast is not is not bad, you know. I mean, like, it, it is a cast that would get film fans interested. It feels like one of those ones that maybe doesn't get a theatrical release these days, but you'd see it pop up pretty prominently on VOD. But no, I mean, like, literally, it came up because we looked at IM, uh, like Dane DeHaan's entry on IMDb and then found that it was on fucking Sky Cinema. Even though, to be fair, I tweeted a video of this yesterday, but now <laughs> TV doesn't seem to know that it's on there. Um, just to give some context, you search the kid on the Now TV app on Apple TV, nothing comes up for it. You search Dane, as in Dane DeHaan, and it's the third fucking entry. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, and, and, and I mean, that's it, though, because the film, it's not like it's a train wreck. Like, if it was awful, then you would understand. But it's it's a good little film. It's not a masterpiece. It's not amazing. But as you said, Mark, like, Dane DeHaan is really fucking good as Billy the Kid. He's got that, like, fucking cocksure, like, I, I I will I will live forever kind of mentality to him. Ethan Hawke has got that kind of like determination and kind of almost like fan, fanaticism angle to him. Um, and it, it, like it, I think Chris Pratt Pratt is bad, but I do wonder if it maybe his part was just weirdly overwritten. Like it, it's he pops up er, early on and he's kind of like just bad guy. I'm going to take her away. And then the next time you see him towards the end, it's a very odd performance um, where he starts that monologue he has about bluebirds. Yeah. It's like, where did that come from? It, um, it, it, uh, that was what, that's what I mean. It, it, it did seem like at any point he was about to fart or something like that. And, that, and his, like, his facial expressions are very big in this film as well. Like he's quite big eyed. Mm. Um and it's just, yeah. It's, it, I don't it, think it, he's great in it, to be honest. Chris Pratt. No, he overplays it a lot. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't feel he, like he's in this film. No, he doesn't. It, it feels like he's. It feels hammy. It, it feels like he's turned up. Like, like he's. He's clearly friendly, and he's clearly agreed to do the movie while they're doing Magnificent Seven, and gone. Yeah, I'll do it. And then turned up for like two days on set. And gone. What well, you a little bit, a little bit unhinged, and a little bit now he's gone. All right, I'm gonna open my eyes really wide, and I want a big beard. A big beard. I'm gonna open my eyes really wide, and I'm gonna point at everything that. But I'm not gonna look at what I'm pointing at. But I'm gonna point at. Because but that I don't bit. Know where it is. But like, that bit where he kidnaps the sister. He's threatening enough. Yeah. And then the next time you see him. He's not fucking threatening at all. But is there a point where where he's trying to play a little bit like he's intimidated by, or or feigning that he's intimidated by Pat Garrett? But I I, I don't know. I I don't know. It does, like, when he's particularly big-eyed at one point, it does look like he's about to rip out a fart. It's... It does, doesn't it? it, It's weird, and it... I will say as well, it's maybe ever so slightly more puffy Chris Pratt, which you kind of associate with funnier roles. It's like the skinnier he is, or like goofier roles, maybe. 
like it just like if when he's like guardian skinny he's funny but you know he, he can also be serious when he wants to be here he does just seem like he's gonna rip out a fart at any second and, you know against the energy like ethan hawk's energy that's like it's a weird combination like that that whole monologue about the bluebirds it's um it's just a shot where they're both in frame and Ethan Hawke's just kind of fucking looking at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I wonder, I wonder whether that's in character or Ethan Hawke just looking at him, just like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's a good little film. It's like a solid seven out of ten. Yeah. Um, but like you say mark i wonder if it was even hawk versus dane the harm it probably would have been more than that yeah i, I think if it, if it had focused its energy somewhere else um i think that that might have been better because when it when they did when he when he shot uh but they kind of thought right there's like another quarter of an hour 20 minutes this fucking movie yeah man no we've got to go and get what is it but then it I don't know, it just seemed to it the ending the it, it ended quarter of an hour before it actually ended. And then the bit where it ended you were like, I don't give a shit about that. Yeah, it runs out of puff. I mean it almost feels like ten minutes after they like like the end credits go, they probably just get killed by some bandits. Yeah, that's it. It's like it's like so what do they do now? Because he he's not ready. <laughs> for the West. Mm-hmm. and she's clearly got some fucking quite you know quite reasonable trauma i think i explained it best when we were when we were watching the film i'm not gonna repeat it on here go on no i don't think well no i think you should just just explain but i am not the terrible person in this world are, are you gonna say that like what she quite likes that profession but she doesn't want to admit it or something no, she no, was no. quite flexible apparently so no, well, the bit where he's, like, essentially, like, saying, right, you know, you, you know, you've got to be brave, all this bullshit, but we need to keep going. And, like, she's she stopped on the horse. Like, I, I just said to Matt, that, that girl's just probably been dicked five ways from Sunday, and it's probably quite uncomfortable for her on that horse. Mm, yeah. Yeah, like, have a bit of compassion, little brother. Then cry a bit. Hey, would. I, that I kid would. don't need more fucking compassion. <laughs> At all. Oh, I mean that, that's it you never you never really get why Pat Garrett is like yeah okay now you know you've let me down eight times but I think this ninth time you're not going to let me you know I, that, I, think, that, I think the idea is that's based upon the, the legend of Pat Garrett was that he was a very just honourable man mm. I think mm. that's what it's basing it on obsessed though, aren't they? Uh, is that yeah? He was an honourable man who got obsessed with with capturing Billy the Kid, um, and, and that was that, that was the, the whole thing was he he would always do what was good in a world yeah. where people often Not did what was bad. Necessarily good, right? What he thought was good. Mm. Yeah. Um, when we were having our day in the harm discussion the other day, did we did we discuss the fact of that he's going to be in a new Stephen King adaptation. It's a TV series. It is, but still. <laughs> he's playing, like, the, the, the bad guy. I'm quite interested in that. I'm interested in that. Uh, the, the breakout oh, okay. of the uh, prison. 
was a really well done sequence. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, that it's Dane DeHaan seems to have a a really great confidence as an actor. Mm-hmm. Got a great like on screen energy it, to him. He's does, very yeah. he, he draws you in. But he does, but he, he does it whilst being a character actor. But there's a great amount of um, of empathy there. He he makes you interested in his character. Mm. Um, so you could see there why people latched onto the charisma of Billy yeah. the Kid. Yeah. But also as well, you did get the idea that he had no idea how to deal with being Bernie Kid and knew essentially he wasn't going to probably live to his next birthday and after everyone was surprised he lived to that one. I mean, he died at 22. You know, he's not a lot older than that kid's supposed to be. I didn't like the fact that he died. I mean, he died in real life. Well, yeah. everyone dies in real life eventually, but like, I didn't like the fact that he died like that. Like, it just seemed a cheap death. Mm. Like, it was it was just, there was no fanfare it happened. Like, he happens to see him and he happens to shoot him. That's basically what happened, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think Fair enough. <laughs> so, so uh, it kind of feels like we're all definitely not shit. Oh, you're yeah, definitely not shit. Yeah, yeah. definitely not. Um, if, if you're into westerns, um, it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's, it's quite nice to have a new angle on that story as well it's it's through different eyes isn't it yeah are you a craft beer junkie do you eagerly anticipate the freshest ipa release from your local craft brewer do you check in every beer you've ever had on untapped do you know the difference between a belgian triple and a berliner weisse then do we have a podcast for you what's untapped podcast gives you beer reviews interviews with brewers, behind-the-scenes access to beer festivals, games, and more. Whether you're a craft beer junkie or new to the world of craft brewing, What's on Tap podcast is something for you. Check us out online, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and now we are podsyndicate.com. And as always, keep drinking, you dum-dums. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time though. I mean, am I must. Is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, he wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep, keep a secret. So, shall we? You know, we're halfway through the the like the kind of the the main reviews. So, shall we do a little bit of uh, what we've been watching? Um, who wants to start? Let's start with what you've been watching, Bex Solo. You can do your solo ones. I'll do my solo ones if you want them. Uh, let me just find them. Do do do. Right. So, um, 
I'll just I'll, I'll speed around these. I want to talk a little bit more about one, but I'll speed around the other ones. Uh, rewatch the film uh, Accepted, which is on Netflix in the UK at the moment. Um, directed by the um, wonderful director of Hot Tub Time Machine, uh, Steve Pink. Uh, it's a great film, right? Hot Tub Time Machine is a magnificent movie, yeah. Um, this, is, well, this is really good. Um, but listen to this. It was a movie from 2006. Um, have you you've seen any bits? You should. Um Ian, have you seen Accepted? You have, haven't you? I haven't, sorry, I was on mute. I haven't, no. Um, this would be a fun kind of, uh, if you're in the mood for a comedy, a fun treadmill watch. Um, so it's Justin Long. When the fuck am I getting back on a treadmill again, Mark? When? Uh, well, 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 when you do, you've got a nice little treat for you. Um, LAUGHTER Justin Long, uh, Blake Lively, Lewis Black, uh, Jonah Hill, Adam Hirschman. Uh, and it is about uh, Justin Long's character uh, plays Bartleby Gaines, uh, who is kind of like the wise-ass kid, uh, but he ends up not Justin getting Long's into... Justin Long's character plays Bartleby Gaines. Huh? You said Justin Long's character plays... Did you mean Justin is Long that? plays? Him as well. Yeah. <laughs> right okay i just want uh, to, uh, sorry I, I don't know why i got hung up on that go ahead <laughs> um so he plays uh justin long plays battle against not his character plays battle begins um who doesn't get into college uh but to not um let his parents down he comes up with a fake idea for a fake college um acceptance letter and uh, and then I have seen this. Yeah, I thought you had seen, yeah. And then what actually happens there is his parents said they're looking forward to dropping him off. So he uses the tuition money his dad's given him to essentially rent a building uh, and make it look a little bit like a college. Um, and then the only problem is when Jonah Hill's character uh, sets up the fake website, he accidentally sets up a uh, admissions acceptance button. Uh, and it turns out all these people join this college and are in shoes and we go along. Um, so you've got people like Louis Black plays um, the guy that they get into fake being the dean. But he, in typical Louis Black thing, just keeps on over explaining the um, consumerism that has gripped America. And it is wonderful. Um, but yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, it it, it Ticks off all the usual tropes, but again, as I always say, if you do things well, it doesn't matter if they're repeats or whatever. Uh, it's Jonah Hill's fantastic in it, uh, in an early supporting role, and it, it relies heavily on Justin Long's um, very Spuler-like charisma that is there. <laughs> right. But yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, rewatched. Um, these were rewatches while Becky was playing Resident Evil and I've been shunted upstairs. You weren't um, Shunted. Um, I rewatched uh, Get a Job, which stars Miles Teller, Anna Kendrick, uh, Chris Mings Platts, Alison Bree, Brian Cranston, and Marsha Gay Harden. Uh, I've watched a job. I've watched Get a, Get a Job twice now. Nobody else needs to watch it at all. Um, it's fine. It thinks it's a lot funnier than it is. Thinks it has a lot more to say than it does. Um, and is clearly made by a, a uh, overprivileged Generation Xer who didn't understand Generation X who's now pointing at millennials going, why are you always fucking complaining? 
is basically what it is. There are some amusing bits in it. Go on. It weirds me out that you're talking about this this film, Get a Job, which you've seen twice, and I don't remember you talking about... Uh, it's a fascinating, Mark. Like, I think someone could write a book about that. Um, and I, I don't mean to be insulting, because I, I, I love you dearly, but there is an element of what the fuck are you doing to a lot of this. Yeah. Um, I want to try and understand the thought process. What makes you think? I, 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 I'm going to watch Get a Job again. What, what brings you to this? Well, I'd watched Accepted, um, and um, I was, I was upstairs uh, watching this in our, um, in our bedroom because Becky was downstairs watching about set. And you don't watch a computer game, man. Uh, playing. Okay. Well, you do modern computer games actually, more or less. So yeah. Um, <laughs> So, and I thought, right, I enjoyed Accepted, um, and it was as simple as this. On the related to was Get a Job, and I thought, right. well, I've seen that, but I didn't hear it. I'll give it another go. And it was, um, right. and, and it was um, like 80-odd minutes, and I thought, well, it, it's fine. It's 80-odd it's minutes of Miles Teller, and then as it got going through it, I, I started remembering... Yeah, this irked me about this because it has Christmas Platts in it, and he's just playing generic Christmas Platts yeah. character within it. Um, Anna Kendrick's hardly in it at all, mm. um, and yet it, it it does feel like everything it's trying to say is a bit mean spirited to everybody. Yeah, but it's not nasty enough or biting enough to that. It's just a bit, yeah. it's a bit minge faced uh, about. <laughs> It's just, if you're that easily persuaded to watch... I think Darren Brown could probably get you to, like, nuke France. <laughs> like, that, like, how easily you are to persuade to, like, do something. Like, that. By, it's by, fascinating. You say that, Ian, but I still can't get him to watch Bloody Coco. My, but my you, need, you, you, you need to pepper it in yeah. some, somehow. Don't I'm just tell to... him. To, to watch to watch meek crap it, it, it is is unreal i could i could i will i will say this now this will not be the last time i watch this movie oh god it just won i know i will watch it again in a few years time why waste your time because i don't count it as waste time this is this is empty calories for me yeah it is it, 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 it's that it's like eating a rice cake it is i can just let it wash over me I don't have to pay attention to it, and I, I I can just let it just drift over me because it, it it it's what I watch for when I want to watch a movie, but I don't want to participate have to in watching watch a movie. A, a movie. Yeah. And it's not like I sat there and yeah, watched okay. this movie on my phone, or I sat there and I watched this movie while I was tidying or anything like that, and I had it on the background to kind of what is it, and that's why it was fine as a rewatch. I I watched this movie, sat down and I watched it, and yeah, and I, I guarantee I'll watch it again. There's one, there's a lot of good moments in it. It's a fun movie at points, um, but a moment where Nicholas Braun's character he plays a stoner who becomes a chemistry teacher, um, but because he'll get an extra fifty dollars um, a week, he also becomes a coach of the basketball team. Now, the team doesn't win a single game all season and is terrible. 
And then after their last game, the PTA are trying to hand out trophies to them. You know, as like participant trophies. And he loses his shit. And he's like, no, 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 no. Why are you giving them trophies? They're terrible. You are awful. <laughs> you don't deserve a trophy. And basically has like a breakdown about the fact that they're having trophies. Because he said, you know, my, my channel bedroom is littered with these trophies where I got them for literally showing up. He said, and look at me now. I am a chemistry teacher who tries to get you to make bongs in my classes. Just if you want to become like me, have the trophy. If you want to become something better than me, then don't. But the whole movie is everybody should be better. Mm. And it, it just, it feels a little bit nasty. And I feel like I've spoken about it for too long. Um, I also um, watched Booksmart. You rewatched Booksmart? No, I, I haven't watched what? Booksmart. Oh, oh shit, you haven't seen it yet. I haven't oh. seen Booksmart. Right? Yeah. You have now. I have now. You refused to watch it with me, so I thought I'll watch it. Okay. Um, this definitely is not my bag. No, this isn't your bag at all. Um, so, Booksmart. Uh, directed by Olivia Wilde. I like Olivia Wilde um, as a performer. Olivia Cockburn. Olivia Cockburn, yeah. Uh, I like Olivia Wilde as a performer. Uh, stars um, Bernie Feldstein, um, Caitlin Denver, Lisa Kudrow, Will Forte, Juice, Jason Sudeikis, uh, Billy Lords in there. Uh, and, and a few people where it's, it's that kid from that thing. Um, story books my uh, two kids Amy and Molly played by uh, Bernie Feldstein and uh, I, I just I just need you to say what you thought of it Mark well, everyone knows what, what books Mark um, book smart is nowhere near as book smart as it thinks it is <laughs> fucking right um, what I'll say is at points it's fun and it's entertaining. The the issue is it essentially is a whether or not it's trying to be or not, it it is a little bit of a super bad, but from a girl's perspective. In in a way. Um but the issue you've got there is Superbad has two lead characters who both of them are quite likeable. Right. And even the, the, the dickhead version of, of them, so the Jonah Hill character, is quite likeable, even though he's a dick. Mm. Uh, you empathise with him and you kind of you get the reason why he's trying so hard. Bernie Feldstein's doesn't pull that off. She just comes across as an arse in it. And I'm not saying she's bad in it, but her character, the I didn't connect with her character's arc of that. The, the dressing down her character gets quite early on in it, where she tries to dress down a few kids. Yeah. And then she ends up getting it thrown back at her, which yeah. causes her to have the crisis. That is a great moment in the movie. Hmm. But it's also... It's it's a movie of privilege. That is an, a, an issue I have. I have other issues that I'll come to again in a second. But it's a movie of privilege. 
Um, so it tries to point the finger at the, and actually makes a point of pointing a finger at the 1%. But the whole movie never actually acknowledges that it's, that the whole movie is set in and around the other 4% that make up that top 5%, but tries to pretend that it's not when it actually is. There is no, I very much doubt there is any single high school that is a normal high school in um in america that has so many kids going to ivy league schools mm. um i do like the um the amy character her the fact that she has come out but hasn't had an actual lesbian relationship yet or experience yet but is gay but the fact it doesn't dwell too much on that is quite good mm. uh she plays that quite well and the fact that she quite literally is I don't know what to do. I know I'm gay, but I, I don't know how the mechanics of it all fucking works. Yeah. It's very relatable because that's not something that just happens to to gay people. It happens to everybody. Nobody sexually knows how the mechanics of it actually fucking work until you start doing it. It's a fumble <laughs> and see uh, situation. However, my biggest criticism of this movie is it constantly repeats itself. Yeah. So they they need to find out what this party is, right? Sorry, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, maybe, and 30 years ago, yes. I can get behind the logic that you don't know where the fucking party is and you can't find out where the party is. Nowadays, no. No, I don't. I don't. They're posting about it all over social media. You can, f- if you are that smart and you are that book smart, you could have realised that that you could find out where it is before you find out where it is without having to go and look at the land registry in the library. I'm sorry, fuck off. Secondly, the first point is they get a lift, so an Uber, but it's lift. What is it? And it's their principal that turns up. So, all right, yeah, 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 funny, funny. That that that's their teacher takes them. They go to the wrong party, right? Then when they leave that, they get picked up by another team who takes them to the picked up from another wrong party they've been at, and they got the right party. It, it just it keeps repeating itself, mm. and then Billy Lord keeps on turning up at each party, which is again repeating itself. It's just I said to Becky after I watched it, I would genuinely like to sit down with somebody who really enjoyed it and really liked it just to say, right, why? And not an aggressive to try and change their mind, just because I want to understand what they liked about it. Because I I didn't dislike it. I just don't see what all the fanfare was about. Yeah. And again, while I'm a little bit climbing up the, the fucking soapbox a little bit, um, we have a whole movement at the moment where we're trying to push more towards uh, a greater representation of female directors within cinema. And I, I'm all for that. It's a great idea. It, it, it should be happening, right? And a couple of directors that have been signalled out as for up-and-coming female directors are Greta Gerwig and Olivia Wilde. Right, they're two that people are pointing at, okay. and um, I liked 
Great Ghost debut. Um, I, I, that was I, I enjoyed that a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, and Booksmart, um, I, I didn't enjoy it as much as I hoped I would. But it's not a bad movie. But I kind of get the feeling that we... Uh, if we're going to have a greater female representation in cinema um, for female directors, I, I'd like it to be ones that aren't from a privileged background mm. in the same way as I'm getting sick of every up-and-coming British actor being from a... being the son of a fucking casting director or the son of a fucking daughter of a lord or anything like that. It's... We're chopping off the idea that film can be a working-class thing. That you can get these people coming through. It, it's it's a thing that's irking me a little bit. Um, I mean, the, you do get interesting female voices directing, like Melina Matsukas. A work tends to get yeah, fucking ignored. Ignored, and nobody nobody fucking talks about it. And it's yeah. like it baffles me that what six seven months before Queen and Slim comes out, people are lauding Booksmart. It was turning up on like top tens of the year, and I'm just like, how? Mm. I, there's nothing new there's nothing interesting there it's it's not bad but it's just so underwhelming i i i I, for me book smart is the five star film of last year that everyone forgot they gave five stars to yeah um it's it is absolutely fine um and that's about it it's a decent directorial debut. Yeah, it, it is not the comedy of the decade. It is not a classic high school comedy. Um, the fact that the fact that the people who seem to fucking love Book Smart or seems to on release are, are, appear to be basically thirty or forty something film magazine writers. Yeah. Um. I, I think says something. I don't know, like what I. It's just like what life experience does Olivia Wilde have to tell these girls' story? I I I, I mean, I, what wasn't she like fucking like married to a, the Prince of Monaco or something at some point? Like there's there's some crazy fucking ex relationship that Olivia Wilde has. And I'm I'm not saying it doesn't mean that like nobody can can tell that story, but like on the publicity trail for this, she was make like she was making clear. I mean, Jesus Christ! The Wikipedia describes her as an American actress, producer, director, and activist. Mm. Um, she 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 was married to uh, Prince um, Tyrus Pila, the uh, from basically Italian dignitaries. So yeah, like who who is he? Um, the, the so his dad is Alessandro Respilo, the ninth Prince of Cerveteri. Yeah, he is part of the essentially the uh, as close to a, as a royal family as Italy have. Okay, but I mean, like to be fair, he also founded the Los Angeles Filmmakers Cooperative. He's directed documentaries and whatnot. I, it, it's God, that is fucking fascinating. I mean, fair play. They were married for about eight years. 
Um, huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just, I don't know why. I, I, I remember when it came out, like opening weekend, Olivia Wilde was quite publicly annoyed about how poorly it did. Mm. And I, it, it just, the, the film reeks of we're ticking all the right boxes so you're going to love us, aren't you? Yeah, but that, that was it. There was a lot of people sort of saying, you know, why aren't people going to see Booksmart? Why aren't people going to see Booksmart? It's like, well, because people might not want to. It's like, well, yeah. this is why you can't have nice things. It's like, is it that nice a thing? It just, it, it feels, it feels like a footnote to me. No one fucking talks about Booksmart. No one does. And yet, for about a week mm. in March of last year, it was all anyone on film Twitter would talk about. Yeah. And it's just, poof, it's gone like a puff of smoke. Yeah, it is. And I, I, it, it maybe deserves to and doesn't deserve to exactly in the same amount at the same time. It, it's not a bad film. It's just, it's the favourite frothing at the mouth that people had about it, saying, watch this! And, it, and then you actually watch it and go, again, like I say, I'd like to sit with somebody who was that, you know, that, that into it, and just, again, just say, why? Not, again, like I said, not to, so they can, I can change their mind, or I can belittle why they got on with it. I just genuinely would like to know what it was about this that struck a chord. Yeah, I mean... That, that, it's not shit. It's it's not shit. It's a it, it's a decent film. It's a decent film. That that's that's it, and that's fine. That is but, fine. But but again, it repeats itself so many times. Again, another bit it repeats. Then putting on outfits and then telling each other they look wonderful. Uh, yeah, it does that. A few it repeats times, that it? a couple of times. It's like, do you know what? Wasn't that funny the first time? Really not fucking funny this time. Yeah, there's, uh, it's a smug film, and yes, but, you know, it's That's it. fine. It's uh, uh, before we do what we've been watching together, do you want to just something else want to talk for a little bit? Yeah. Um. Okay. So the ones that I have watched without you, not necessarily on my own. Um. I watched the City of Lost Children. Um. Years, oh, nice. Years ago, since I watched it, but I I love the the Genet films. Um. With the exception, oddly, of Amelie. Um, which I think I'm going to have to give a rewatch, but delicate. You know I've never seen Amelie. Should we both watch it and we'll review it next week? Oh shit! Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll watch Amelie for next week. Okay. Okay. Nice. <laughs> well, I, 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 I like, I like his films, but Amelie always felt too like nice and like upbeat to me, in contrast to like. City of Lost Children, Delicatessen and Micmacs, they're all quite, they've all got the same kind of vibe, but they've all, they're all a bit darker, I guess. Yeah, sure. So, I'd, I'd like to give Emily another go, so we'll do that next week. Um, but yeah, City of Lost Children, have you seen it? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, big fan of this. It's, it's fucking great, it's, mm. it's just weird and twisted and the story's good but it's also funny and it reminds me every time I watch it it reminds me of um Dark City um it's got a kind of very similar aesthetic to that yeah um, but yeah um 
watched Micmacs a few weeks ago. This one's done, so I'll get I'll get Delicatessen and, and Amelie done for next week. Um, me and Isabel watched Birds of Prey, um, which is nice. Just she couldn't come with us to, to the cinema to see it, um, and was was pretty gutted to be honest. Um, but yeah, she she really really enjoyed Birds of Prey, um, and I really enjoyed my rewatch. Didn't lose anything on rewatch. Um, so that was good. Um, I watched Ten Things I Hate About You because it's on Disney Plus, and why wouldn't you? Um, Oh, still makes me really fucking sad 10 things I hate about you that bit where he's singing on the bleachers I, my heart just can't take it it's awful but it's it's mm. it's a brilliant film I, I, yeah, I did great. like that, that brief kind of that that brief post um, Romeo and Juliet mm. William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet which was I think 86 and from there to about sort of like the early noughties there was like a three or four of these Shakespeare uh, adaptations, so you had Clueless. Um, Clueless. Well, the Clueless was before what's it, wasn't it? But then you had um, Ten Things I Hate About You, um, Get Over It, um, and she's all that. Oh yeah, she's all that. Oh, all those are really underrated. Well, I'm surprised that has never picked up as much traction as it should. Huh? I remember that one being a bit of a distribution challenge because isn't there a shooting in it? And that was around the time of yeah, there was another shooting, so yeah, it, it never quite got the release it should have. It's got a hell of a it's got a hell of an early noughties cast. Directed by Tim Burton also. Oh really? That's right. Mm. Yeah, it was nice the, the the releases of like making the stories accessible and appealing to younger audiences because the stories are great, but they're just. They're not, no one's going to sit, like, no fucking teenager's going to sit and watch classic fucking Shakespeare, are they? Shakespeare would never have wanted his plays to have continued to be shown the way that he wrote them. I think he'd in have the wanted same, him to adapt and... and in the same way as I got constantly told off in my um, English lessons when I was, when we were doing Shakespeare, is why, we're reading a play, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, but you can't perform them in every lesson, I guess, can you? No. Um, Isabel and I also watched Captain America, the first, first Avenger. Did you? Yeah. Well, I, I can't get you on board with this Marvel rewatch, so I'm just going to do it on my own. It's fine. Oh, you could be watching this all in 4K if you had a 4K TV, because Disney Plus offers everything in 4K. I know, but then everything would look cheap and tacky and like it was on the beach. Oh, you, you, you're such a fucking dickhead. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Um, we got to the end of it and Isabel went, wow, that was boring. And I was what? Like, that really was quite boring, wasn't it? I forgot how boring what? America is. It's it's dull on rewatch. Given how big the the later ones get. Yeah, I've found that in a few that I've rewatched. Mm, Batman Man 2, which is great. It makes the earlier ones look <laughs> kind of not as good. Um, but it's it's one that you have to watch to get the later stuff. So, but yeah, I, I I found it much less engaging than a lot of the other films. Isabel's only on board really because she wants to rewatch Ragnarok, and I told her she's not allowed to until we get to it. Fucking <laughs> oh, out, she's got she's got a journey. I don't think she she's got it for an edit. Does she not know that she could just make her own profile on Disney Plus and have at it like? Don't tell her that, Jesus. She's got, she's got her own. No, profile. she said I could just watch it, couldn't I? And then just restart it and watch like thirty seconds, so it looks like it's not being watched. I said you could. She was like, 
you'd know I'd watched it though, wouldn't you? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, fuck's sake. So yeah, that was that was that. Um, and then Isabel and I watched scary to- stories to tell in the dark today because nice. it's on Sky and it's finally landed and we missed it in the cinema. Yep. Um, I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it. It's a lot oh, better. Oh, that's right. I reviewed it with Noel, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. What did you think, Bex? Yeah, I bet you fucking loved this, eh? Uh, yeah. Do you know what? I, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I said to Mark after after we'd finished watching it, it's got you know that film, The Hole. Yes. It's got that kind of vibe to it, hasn't yeah. it? Like slightly more adult, but still kind of aimed at kids, but with a real dark edge to it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. Actually, it's, it's, it's very, very good. It's, it's very Del Toro-y. Um, but I mean, that's, that's never a bad thing. That's not what I'm, I'm getting at. But yeah, it's, um, it's, it's brilliant. And it, the, the, the design working, it's great. The stories are good. The, the acting's all fine, to be honest. The only one that I thought was a little bit off was the girl, the main girl in it, Scarlett. Um, but I thought. All the boys in it were good, um, and like the the it's not twist, but like the reveal is 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 really interesting as well. So yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I'm really glad I watched it to be honest. That, that fucking creepy big like marshmallowy thing with the smiley face it just keeps yeah. on coming for you. Yeah, like that's a hell of a fucking image. That is, that... and it just hugs you to death. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Mark, it's a good time is scary stories to tell in the dark, man. You should give it a shot. I, I, I will at some point, probably when Bex rewatches it in about three or four months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair yeah, enough. Uh, they're, they're making a sequel to that, aren't they? Yeah, they did. It more scary stories to the dark. Probably will be, to be fair. <laughs> well, they, they finish it with like, oh God, what's it, what are they called? Chuck and Augie, I, they're still out there and I'm. I, feel like the secret to getting them back is in this book so it's a clear like sequel setup but yeah. I, I mean i'll fucking watch it when it comes out i, I really enjoyed it um and then that's it for the ones i've watched on my own i've been playing a lot of computer games Ian? do do you we've, we've still have a few more to do of what we watch together but i feel like you haven't spoken a lot for the past 20 minutes and i promise when we go oh. that we've watched together i'll condense mark a bit better <laughs> well, that's okay. Um, I'll I'll end with the one that I think we all watched. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So um, yeah, I, I I don't know why I didn't get through a, a, a lot for like a week or so, and then I kind of ramped it up again. I don't I, I, I couldn't really tell you why. Um, so uh, we watched uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Um, first crack at it on 4K disc. Um. And it was uh, Donna's first watch as well. It was, we had a family movie night and I kind of just mentioned it. And Donna's never really been into watching it, even though I thought she'd really like it. And lo and behold, she really did. Um, it It's fast becoming my favourite animated film of all time, in all honesty. Nice. Um, it just, it's fucking cool. It's really cool. Um, but it's funny. It it just it visually it's mind blowing, um, and it's got a proper beating heart at the centre of it all as well. Um, it I I think it's probably my fourth no yeah fourth watch of it 
yeah, saw it twice in the cinema. Yeah, fourth. Um, How many? And four. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was just trying to work it out. And it's it just, it's lost, it's lost nothing. Nothing. Well, I mean, if it's lost anything, it's just the fact that, like, seeing it on a big screen was a hell of a thing. I yeah. Mean, it's weird, because b- b- between this and Extraction, which I said earlier on, I would love to have seen it on a big screen, it's like the missing the cinema has become far more of a thing for me over the last week. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, I just, I'm dearly, dearly missing seeing things on a massive screen with big sound um it's funny it's like when lockdown's over i know uh, donna wants to like go out and see people and i want to do that as well but at the same time if she wants to like do stuff with her friends and take lots along i will happily ensconce myself in a cinema all fucking day and just watch five things in a row even if for like the first couple of weeks that's going to be two watches of Tenet and three of Mulan or something, you know, I just, I just, yeah, it just that that missing of that experience of being sat in a cinema and going, right, this is it, this is my next two hours. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because even if you have all the best intentions at home of of sitting down and going, right, I'm going to watch this. I have nothing to do for the next two hours. I am going to watch this movie. Phones on the side. Everything sorted. I am in watch this movie mode. In your brain, you still know, do you know what? I can pause this. I need to go for a wee. I can pause this. I want to go have a drink. You can do bits like that. Whereas in a cinema, it's a, that's what the difference in experience is in the sense that you have to. You are, you are that's it. You're, that is all the attention that you need to give is there. Yeah, 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 no, quite. I mean, it's just like being overwhelmed sensorially by a film. It just, it hasn't happened for a while, you know, and it's, yeah, it's got, it's got, that, that's got to me. Um, But yeah, it just, it's, it's just a hell of a film is Spider-Verse. I, 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 it feels like one I will probably watch a couple times a year, every year for a long while yet. Um, and the the, the the disc looks great as well. And the, the, the sound really pops on the disc as well. Uh, you know, it's uncompressed audio, so it, it will do. But yeah, it's uh, a hell of a film. Um, OK, so I also watched... Um, Netflix original animated film The Willoughbys, uh, which came out on Netflix a couple weeks back, um, stars uh, Terry Crews, uh, Maya Rudolph, uh, Will Forte's in there, and others. Uh, basically, it's a fucking weird little one. Um, so it's this family called The Willoughbys. The, the mum and dad basically don't take uh, don't uh, pay any attention to the kids whatsoever essentially they really like the mum and dad really really fucking love each other and it just seems like they fuck so much that they just have kids and the kids don't like they, they don't really care about the kids and the kids decide that they want to find new parents That's right. and <laughs> um and 
yeah, it's uh, it's 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 fun enough. Uh, it, it's quite charming. Um, Terry Crews uh, is great in it as he always is. Um, it's a little bit forgettable. I, I want to say Netflix bought it, made uh, the rights to it off a studio, and it feels like one of those ones where the studio might be. Yeah, I don't think this quite works. Let's just make our budget back by selling it to Netflix. It feels like one of those. Um, it, it's it's fine, but no one's ever going to talk about it. Uh, but it worked well enough for Family Moving I, uh, a couple of weeks back. Um, rewatched Rise of Skywalker. Um, bought the 4K disc. And a few days later, they were like, yeah, we're putting it out on the 4K on Disney Plus on May the fucking 4th. It's been out. It would have been out on disc for two weeks, and it's already on Disney Plus. I mean, that's got to be disappointing. Slight, 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 slight little bit of minor segue in the news thing, like real minor bit. Did you see that Disney basically tried to claim that anybody who used the hashtag May the Ford, that that would be Disney's property? <laughs> yeah, it was like, by using this hashtag, you agreed to the terms and conditions, blah, blah, blah. What the fuck? It's like... No, we don't Disney. Hmm. I'm tempted tomorrow to just use May the Fourth and just put all kinds of fucking shit. Yeah, quite. I, it's, uh, I, it's just it's 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 very frustrating because you know I wanted to rewatch Rise of Skywalker and I, I was thinking I'll put it up on eBay after. And I, I will be putting it up on eBay. I just want to get through the feature-length documentary on the on the, the on the Blu-ray disc on it. But it was twenty-five quid, which you know that's that's a fucking chunk of change. Yeah. Um, and for them to then go, yeah, okay, we're sticking it out on Disney Plus. I mean, I get it. It's really really nice for people to be able to watch the Rise of Skywalker. But if, uh, for the for people who like are, are still buy physical products who obviously just by the fact they're willing to do that have more of a fucking interest in film than most other people it it does it does sting as, as does, you said it, it, it stinks a little bit as well because they know that with the a particularly star wars fans will have bought it day one so yeah. they announce it like a week after, knowing that all these people would have gone out and bought it day one or day two if they happened to work in day one or they couldn't want it, didn't get around. They basically waited until just they went, right, time. just yeah. enough time to then go, oh, by the way, they, they, they didn't make that decision that day ago, fuck it, May the 4th, we'll put it on Disney+. Plus. That would have been made ages ago. Yeah. And it, it it's a business decision to have got that money in mm. and then cashed in on the other bit they've gone do you know what we're going to sell the most copies of this in the first few days in the first week mm. we're going to sell more copies in the first five days than we will in the next hundred days so why don't we five day five six days the bank announced we're putting it on on may the fourth yeah it's not really it, 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 it's it, it's a little it's sneaky and it is it, it, it feels so typically disney it does yeah and all it does is make me think right won't be buying any fucking disney 4k again 
because it'll probably it'll be out on Disney. But I mean, don't get me wrong, it'll be inferior, but it'll be out with Disney on Disney Plus. And then if I really want to buy the disc, I'll get it when it's on a fucking multi buy. That's it. It, it. It's like you say, twenty five quid for a movie that you've already technically paid to see. Mm. Twenty five quid for a physical copy. It was. It would have been expensive for a, a video. It would have been expensive for a DVD. Expensive for a Blu-ray. It's expensive for a 4K. I don't care what what they say. Disney Disney physical media is always ripping. It, it's always been more expensive, but it, it just I don't know. It, it it's like they try to chop off their own legs. Mm. No, I mean yeah, I mean quite. I, I it, it's I can get. I'm I'm not going to, but I could get into it about 4K pricing. It 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 fucks me off that like you've now got three physical formats that sell and they have to differentiate them somehow. So it's like, right, one of them's a tenner, one of them's 15 quid, one of them's either 20 or 25, depending on the distributor. It's, it's fucked. And I, I hate how film studios just seem to aggressively be like, we don't even really want you to buy this, so we're going to price it really fucking expensively because we just want to release everything on streaming. It, it's, yeah, fucks me off. Anyway... I did just order Ad Astra on 4K for £15 on Amazon, though, so I'm quite happy about that. But um, yeah, anyway, I, I just, I've just i got to learn not to fucking buy 4K shit the day it comes out, but it's annoying. Anyway, Rise Skywalker. So Steve was uh, very, like, he was very, very into it when, when we talked about it on, um, on Bastards when it came out. Episode, uh, I want to say that was a really big episode for us as well. No. No, it wasn't. I'm talking about my ass. 300 was Avengers Endgame. Um, but yeah. Um, and, and yeah, he it, 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 it was very, this is why these things, are, uh, these things happen. And he, he kind of talked me around. I've got to say, I'm, I'm ever so sorry, but I think Steve might need to have that talk with me again, because this film, it's Star Wars. So it almost gets three stars because it's Star Wars, but it doesn't get anything more. Um it's an annoying film that is just filled with course corrections and agreeing to the worst fans whims that I just no, I just, I don't, I don't buy it. I, as the whole kind of like conclusion of a nine film saga. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. I could see how, you know, bringing Palpatine back feels right for that, but, I would still argue that episode seven and eight give no fucking indication there's going to be anything about Palpatine. Now, since that review, like apparently it seems like it's not actually Palpatine. It's a clone of him. Uh, yeah. All right. Great. Um, the character, they introduce so many characters in this that you just don't really give a fuck about any of them. Um, I mean, like fucking, uh, what's her name who was the star of Felicity um, she plays Zori bless Poe Dameron's uh, love interest in this um, she's in it and it's like great yeah you, you, you're you a cool character and you have some looking character you have some love interest shit with Poe Dameron and that's about it um, like Finn's love interest who pops up and is like yeah I was a child stormtrooper too cool okay then so that means we're going to give Rose literally like four lines um, I, I I feel so sorry for Kelly Marie Tran. The amount of fucking promotion she had to do for this film that she 
where she's barely in it. I'm sure she was um, adequately compensated, but just like personally, I can't imagine that was very nice for her. Um, <laughs> That's all the shit she took post Jedi. Yeah, 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 quite, yeah. Um, and I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I feel horrible about how shitty I was about Last Jedi when it came out because I rewatched that film before Rise of Skywalker, and that film is great. That that film is really fucking good. Um, and I'm. I, I, I just uh, um, and I was lukewarm about that when I came out of the cinema about it as well. I don't think I was influenced by like people talking about it after. I was lukewarm about it then. I, I just got hung up on some stupid shit like people being on hold, and I hate it. And I, I feel like Noel's never going to let me live that down. I think I deserve it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just no. I mean, the the, the, the disc looks fucking amazing, and. Um, it, 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 like it's top it's top tier production value wise but yeah I, I i it doesn't feel like what the last jedi was setting up um and i i, I don't care how much jj abrams and chris terrio like say that they they weren't like admonishing the last jedi fucking feels like it like just the fact that Luke, Luke Luke chucks that lightsaber over his shoulder and is talking about like the Jedi had done blah blah blah, and then in, in in the sequence where he's like a Force ghost in this, first thing he says is like you that's not the way to treat a Jedi's lightsaber and like basically talking about oh actually no you know what it, yeah the Jedi yeah it's it's all right actually yeah it's fine, the fact that Ray calls himself Skywalker at the end why. You know, it just, it's, no, I, uh, uh, but Adam Driver is really fucking good. The cast are really good. It looks amazing. Babu Frick is my fucking boy. <laughs> Babu Frick, eh? Babu, Babu Frick. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just when he turns up at the end. Like with Zori Bliss, and it, it, she's there, and he's like, Yay! <laughs> Babu Frick. I, I, I know I said about introducing too many characters, but Babu Frick. Oh, God, Babu Frick. Um, <laughs> the fact that C3PO is just like, he's one of my oldest friends. Like, I'd love to get his memory wiped. You know, that, that's a good line. I mean, that's the, there are things in Rise of Skywalker which are likable. There are. But there's also an awful lot of shit that annoys the fuck out of me. And, and ah, why Palpatine? Have Kylo Ren be the big bad. He's just fucking like taken over from Snoke. Have him be the big bad. And then it'd be like, it, it, it would just make it more impactful if he then goes to the side of the good in the end. I, anyway, frustrating. I'm really um, rewatching that tomorrow. I mean, yeah, I mean, do it. Like, uh, we'll have a conversation next week because yeah. obviously we need to talk more about Star Wars. Um, but no, I'm, I'm I'm intrigued to see what you think about it second time around. And um, I've, I've, I I've watched twice. most. Sorry. I saw it twice in the cinema. I went on my oh, own. Oh no, that's right. You did, didn't you? <laughs> no, you did. You're right. Um, and if um, I, I'm I'm about an hour and a half into the two hour long documentary that's on the Blu-ray. If that's on Disney Plus, it's worth a watch. <laughs> no. Um, there's a very, very nice, like, touching bit about Gary Fisher. And, like, Billy Lord did the 
um, the stuff, you know, the flashback where it's like Luke and Leia training. Yeah. Like she did the Leia stuff. Yeah, oh, I heard that. Yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really nice and just seeing her talk. Like, I didn't like how that was done in the film. It's very, very stilted. It's very obvious that shit's compromised. But seeing Billy Lord talk about it and how she reacted to how much effort they put into it, it all, I, I, like, it, it is kind of forgivable with that context. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, and my last one, I believe, is the one that we all did, uh, Men in Black International, uh, which is on Now TV and Sky Cinema now. Uh, it's directed by F. Gary Gray and is fine. <laughs> I mean, that that's it. It's just, it's aggressively there. It's a pilot to a TV show. Yeah. 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 If they were going to make a TV series based on the many well, black films, this would be the pilot, yeah. We watched it, didn't we? We did. Um, and I, I'll come to the two things that I have to take from it mm-hmm. in a minute. Mm-hmm. Right, we watched it, and what was your favourite part of it, Mark? Well, I'll come to that in a minute. Um, and I text Ian when he when he said that he was watching it, um, and, and made it a quip and said, oh, "Oh, hopefully you'll watch the version that doesn't have twenty minutes missing out of the first act, because literally Tess Thompson, who usually annoys the fuck out of me and everything, but I thought she was fine in this. Yeah, but she literally goes from working out where they were." and getting caught trying to sneak in to literally being an agent in like a montage but not even a long montage a montage of putting a suit on yeah well i think her tenacity and skills in actually finding them is what gets her the in but then literally then she knows all about all of these things literally with no uh, it, it was just it's not very good it's not very good the story is as basic as you can get. Um, the whole thing is, right, well, it's this, and it's this, and it's this, and it's this, and I've gone, right, well, that's not that interesting, but it's got Chris Hemsworth in it, so. Yeah. <laughs> the two bits that, that I will take from it is, one. Yeah, I mean, I, um, oh, oh, sorry. Well, Hello? No, oh, yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, like, I, I tweeted that this is, like, a film that's joining a weirdly increasing number of films which solely exists on first for Chris Hemsworth alone. Like, yep. the the opening half hour basically feels like scenes in which Chris Hemsworth is lusted over, yep. either for comedic or dramatic effect. Um, and it's... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's bizarre. I mean, that, I've just got to agree with you, Mark. The whole Tessa Thompson, like, finding them and then she's immediately in you know like literally it goes from she's having her suit done to oh she got at least 95 on like all her fucking entrance exams <laughs> there's she's never that character is never wrong she never does anything bad her character arc is i saw an alien and this is the bizarre thing about it i saw an alien and i saw my parents get neuralized I want to work for the people who neuralize people. Yeah. There's no, like, there's no, I don't trust you. I mean, it, it, you know, why not have it be these people fucking scarred me and I don't trust them. 
And then, do you know what? There's some untrustworthy elements in it, i.e. Liam Neeson, the most fucking obvious bad guy of all time. Yeah. Um, but there are good people who work for this agency and they, they overall they do good things. That's, I mean, you know, that's a way better arc than Chris Hemsworth. Like, do we... I, I, I watched this with a few drinks last night. Do we ever learn why he turned shit? Because he gets neuralised after the uh, heroic battle. Yeah. So he get he gets neuralized and then he's just living on he's living on the past glories. I don't think he's But then previously as such. I think he's just He's not the same as he used to be. Yeah. Oh, that's it. The guy but, but that, that then, alien that says you're not neuralizing the same. Yeah. causes people to no longer be the same as they were. Which is quite concerning. Which is quite concerning because they do an awful lot. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the two bits that I take from it is I turned around to Becky and said, why is Chris Hemsworth wearing pink trousers? Or she said, I don't think he is. I think it's a reflection off the bag or something like that. And I was like, and I was like, no, he's wearing pink trousers. And then literally a second later, Rebecca Ferguson goes, oh, blah, character is here. And he's wearing pink trousers for some reason. Then it's not explained why he's wearing pink trousers, but even the movie thinks it's weird. But I think Chris Hemsworth can pull off. He can trousers. pull them off. No, he can't, oh, yeah. So, no, I'm angry about it. I'm, I'm, I, I would have already known if you would have said, there's these pink trousers, who can pull them off? One of the first people that would come out of my head would, I bet Chris Hemsworth can pull them off, <laughs> right? So that, that, Chris Hemsworth pulling off pink trousers, is a thing that I would take from this. Well done, Chris. And Rebecca Ferguson's delaying everything she's ever in. She's got some cool hair. Yep, yep. Cool like, hair. Rebecca Ferguson. Literally, I do think that there's now a, a, a thing that she has because it's starting to become a theme in her movies where she must have it in her contract, like when Van Damme had it in his contract that he had to show his ass, where she goes, right, I have to be barefoot at some point, but I don't just want it to be that I'm barefoot. I want it to be obvious that I'm barefoot. <laughs> I want it to be in for in not for in Rogue Nation where I specifically take my shoes off. I want it to be Doctor Sleep where I'm walking around without shoes on specifically. I want a fight scene, but I don't want to be wearing shoes. Why? Because I'm Rebecca Ferguson and I don't like shoes. Maybe she just really hates them. I'm fine with that. Maybe she's got weird shaped feet. Oi. That's some fucking respect. Boy. <laughs> I, I, it just... I, I think our antipathy for Tessa Thompson has been expressed on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, but it's just the fact that with this and with Thor Ragnarok, her characters are basically perfect. They they kind of have no arc. That, it's, she's she, much less of a knob in this than she, she is but she just mm. she seems to gravitate towards characters that think that, that, that she thinks she is better than everybody no, but I mean, I, I mean yeah I mean the thing is I get it with this because there's no fucking development she doesn't have any life lessons it's I know these people these people are out there I've joined these people I helped these people save the world the end um i mean you know hemsworth the, the film is kind of obviously more interested in chris hemsworth to be fair um and and really so it should um 
Yeah, um, I, you know, I, I I will say as well. I thought that at the end of the film where he gets kind of kind of like promoted to like ahead of the division, it's like give Ray Spall that. Like what? So like Chris Hemsworth's going to be behind a fucking desk or something. Rafe Spall kind of also worked this shit out, and he's obviously the one who needs to be behind a desk. Give it him. You know, it just, uh, just seems like 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 that that in the sequels that they hoped they'd make, that 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 would be the thing. He'd be in the control room telling him what to do. Yeah, yeah. I it, it's and and also one thing that I really didn't like about it as well. It starts off like the first act. There's loads of really like fun creatures and like like all all sorts of like different aliens you see and and whatnot. And then after like that that big thing where like the two dance brother aliens attack, there's barely any aliens in it for like the rest of the film. I mean, you've got Kumail Nanjiani's like little guy. And the one who turns out to be the grown-up alien that Tessa Thompson saved at the start. But you don't really get any more aliens. I mean, you get the Liam Neeson one at the end. But for a Men in Black film, it feels very devoid of that. I mean, a large part of the, the, the second act just takes place in somewhat like Italian villa. I, I, you know, do we, do we really want that? Don't, don't, don't we want some fucking bizarre alien shit? Like the fucking shoes with teeth. It was weird, but I enjoyed it. You know, it, you know, it, it just... It felt like it wanted to be a Men in Black film, but it also wanted to be a Are You Thirsty for Chris Hemsworth experience. And, yeah, just very nondescript, and I'm not surprised it did fuck all last year. Yeah, it, it, it did fuck all. Because it's not a very good film, not because people didn't want to see it. Yeah, yeah. I have to say... I enjoyed it more than I expected to, though. Because I thought it was going to be absolute dog shit. It was. But it was, oh, it was relatively harmless dog shit, and it had Chris Hemsworth. But it, was, it was fine. But, but what I'll say there, Becky, is you obviously fall into the category of the thirst for Chris Hemsworth thing. I mean... Which I'm fine with. But that's it. That was your in, was the fact that Chris Hemsworth did it, and enough Chris Hemsworth in it. Mm, yeah, you didn't really have anyone. I had Rebecca Ferguson, who was in it nowhere near enough. Yes. If she'd have been in it, if she'd been the main villain, which would have made so much more sense, because they build her up and build her up and build her up, and then she's gone in five minutes. Mm. It just it feels like a film that was made by accountants rather than yeah. a movie studio. Yeah. It did uh, two hundred and fifty worldwide. Yeah. And and. Right, so- this film had an official trouser press. What? This film had an official trouser press, the T-Fowl trouser press. Right. Yep. It's a piece of fact that no one needs to know. Oh. About You've been hitting up the IMDb trivia. Who have you been playing a Becky? No, nope, I haven't. I just knew that. It's a sore oh. The dog's done a shit somewhere. I can smell it. <laughs> Do you want to take a break? What have you done? Five minutes. No, 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 it's all right. I'll keep going. Like, this is live. Where's the dog done doo-doo? <laughs> uh, we've got a few more that we watched together, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'll report back when I know. Okay. So we, we went post, uh, I feel like we'll talk about later on, um, the Beastie Boys um, story. We did a few uh, documentary watches, didn't we? We did. So we did 
PJ20. Yes. Um, really fucking good. I love PJ20. It's, yeah. a, it's a really well-made, really lovingly made. What is it? Is it just for Pearl Jam fans? Uh, or is it to indulgent of Pearl Jam fans? Yeah, but it's made for Pearl Jam fans. I disagree. No, because I think, because we were doing, I was on the podcast when when this came out, wasn't I? I was already doing it by then. No, I can't know. It's not like nine years ago. Oh. Well, we, we've, we've spoken about it before, though. I'm sure we haven't. And actually, my about being about a different documentary, but I, I had no interest in Pearl Jam at all when we watched this together when it first came Despite out. I've been trying to get you to have interest in Pearl Jam for like 20 years. Yeah, but, you know, it's... it's you know your old crusty music um and <laughs> six months older than me um i had no interest in them and knew nothing about them so it's not just for pearl jam fans because this actually made me go actually if some of the music in that was pretty fucking great i'm gonna get into this so you're talking bobbins all right thank, thank you uh so off the back of that we also watched uh sound city yes which i had watched before but you haven't no um I have to admit, I wasn't as keen on this one. It very much seemed like Dave Grohl wanted to do a documentary about this soundboard that he'd bought and what he was doing with this soundboard. And he was like, Fuck, I'm going to I'm have to chuck some shit in there about the history of it. It very much felt like a, a Dave Grohl vanity project. Well, it was a Dave Grohl vanity project. Yeah. But I quite like the Dave Grohl vanity project. Because I don't like Dave Grohl. I, I didn't like... It, it loses it a bit of emphasis once um, we get into the what they did making the Sound City album post that. It loses emphasis there. That's just a lot of people sitting around talking. But they, they spend a lot of time of of the runtime on that bit. Yeah. That, which, which is what makes me think that that's the bit he was interested in making and the rest was just, I'm going to have to chuck this in. Yeah, but, but the rest of it, I think, is fantastic. The, the older bit is re- about the history of it is really interesting. It's just there's too much of the other bit. Hmm. Uh, not music related, but we watched uh, QT8, the first eight, the Quentin Tarantino documentary. We did indeed. Um, it's a fun watch, isn't it? Mm. You don't learn that much. Um, I think it's... No, you, you probably don't, but it's it's... It's interesting in that it very much has made me want to do like a Quentin Tarantino rewatch. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's. It reminds you of what's so fucking good about them. Yeah. Um, but it's a fun watch. Um, but it's um, it, it's not. It, it as often can be with documentaries. It's basically a Wikipedia page. Yeah. Yeah, but it's fun and it's fun listening to a lot, is it? And the fact that they do um they do address the Weinstein uh thing is is quite interesting. Yeah, I was I was I was hoping they would, but I was surprised that they did. Yeah. I mean they don't go into loads of depth, do they, but um (laughs) You found it yet, Ian? I think Ian's Ian's muted. Does he even know he's put his video on? <laughs> um, I, I don't think he'd be holding his camera like that if he did. No, I don't think he would actually. No. Um, we what else do we watch? We watch the nice guys. I'm enlisting I'm you in the search, guys. Uh, we rewatch the nice guys. I'm gonna search while I'm talking. Uh, nice guys is fucking great, and it's criminal uh, that not enough people went to see it. So we don't have uh, at least another two of these movies. I don't watch another two of these movies. Anyone who watched it would have watched another two of these movies. 
did it did it not do well it didn't do well enough to to, um, to fund a sequel now see now back to what you were saying about that fucking book smart bullshit this is why we can't have nice things not because of book smart because of no. this it, it, it is fantastic it is really it is a movie that will go down in years to come as been a movie that should have gotten more attention yeah definitely definitely uh and then we rewatched waiting yeah yeah the uh Ryan Anna Faris and Justin Long uh film um set at a restaurant uh, a day in the life kind of story isn't it mm. um well that's I'm not usually super sensitive about this kind of stuff, but I, I can go, do you know what? It's of its time. I It's a fun movie. Like, it's a funny it is movie. It's 15 years old. But I just, I wish that someone had released, like, an edited for 2020 version where it just beeps out all the times they say fag, and it beeps out the times where they make a joke about kids with Down syndrome. There was and one joke, and it's a funny joke. It's not a funny joke, it's horrible. It's a funny joke. And I, And then I could just like it without sort of, um but but if you take out those elements it's funny it's a funny movie oh i like your fireplace ian uh i i don't give a shit about those things um because terrible person no because i think what the movie is doing they're supposed to they're be, supposed to be terrible people. Yeah, no, and they're taking things that terrible people say. And that is the whole point. You're supposed to think these guys are arseholes. Mm. That's why the, the actual the character that you are on the journey with points it out at the end of the what is it? How awful all of these people are. Um, oh, sweet. It's off his phone. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> as well, what often gets forgotten about is this movie's 15 years old. Mm. Right? Which means that it, it's you've got to, it, it, although it feels like it was not a lot that long ago it is it's a long time in society yeah yeah um and, and that's it it's I, I i enjoyed it but it, it, it does i can see why i'd be very surprised if this ever turns up on a streaming service because mm. i think they go no just don't <laughs> i think it, yeah especially with like ryan reynolds being ryan reynolds now ryan reynolds would probably come out and go look he, uh, yeah, no, he would, but there's a lot built around the brand of Ryan Reynolds, and I don't think he'd let this tarnish it. Um, and do, the, the thing is, the, the thing I could have lived with the you have to show someone your balls and get them to look at it, and then you've got to call them a fag joke. I could have lived with that. It was the Down syndrome. But didn't like. the fact that it's one fucking joke, I know. Like it, and it's a funny joke. But it, it bothered me. It's not a funny fucking joke. It's a funny joke. It, it isn't. Is it, should it be funny? No. Is it funny? No. Unfortunately, yes. It isn't. Uh, but the, the, the whole the fag thing constantly coming up is it, it, it's explained that it literally the film, I just think the film doesn't do a good enough job in explaining that, look, this isn't this isn't a homophobia. This is calling out the stupidity of homophobia. Yeah. Um, and that the film is actually doing that, and the characters are actually doing that. Mm. It's just a joke. Mm-hmm. But it's the juvenility of the joke. And that's why I don't think it fucking matters. Anyway, I need to get the charger, and I just got the piece. You can talk about the last one. I'm not talking about it on my own, no. Start that. talking about it, then. <laughs> um... Okay, so we also did a rewatch of Tombstone. Um, it's a, a film that we tend to come back to every every once in a while because it's such a fucking delightful film. 
um, largely for uh, Val Kilmer's performance as Doc Holliday. Um, but also you've got the, the, the great performance, which I don't think gets mentioned as much as it should, of Kurt Russell and um, the delightfulness of Sam Elliott just being Sam Elliott. Um, so, yeah, uh, basically a film about the um, run up to the, the gunfight at the OK Corral and um, Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday not really an awful lot to say about this that hasn't already been said on this podcast before but absolutely fantastic film um always surprises me how good Val Kilmer's performance actually is in this um you know you you know it's great but then you watch it and you're like oh yeah I forgot it was that good and uh yeah I think that's about it for me on Tombstone and I'm all on my own so there's going to be a bit of dead air for a minute Do you have anything to add about Tombstone? Uh, still think it uh, contains one of the most underappreciated, underrated performances in cinematic history from Val Kilmer. But that's worth watching his own quite a lot on this podcast. Mm, I was just saying, I think I think because of Val Kilmer's performance, Kurt Russell's great performance of Wyatt Earp gets a bit overlooked as well, doesn't it? Because it gets a bit overshadowed. Yeah, and also as well, it, it just it further reminds us that Michael Bean should still be a fucking huge star. And he's not, and that's criminal mm. because from mid eighties to mid nineties, he he was hot shit and deservedly so. Mm. Yeah, no, he's great actually. Man. Yeah, it's great in everything he fucking does. And then that's everything we've watched. That's it? everything we've watched. Yeah, which is quite a lot. Yeah, we have done quite a lot. Yeah. Um, Ian's not back. Is Ian not back yet? No. Oh, is he still? Is he still cleaning up poop? I've been listening. I haven't been bloody uh, contributing. Left me on my own there for a bit, just hanging in the wind. Oh, no, 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 I just thought it was quite funny. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Talking to an empty room about a film. No, oh. I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> Did you find it? Um, No, it's it's a weird one. Um, I swear I can smell shit. And for a, for a brief second, I thought, have I followed through? Um, and I, I haven't. Um, Donna just... says it doesn't smell great up here, but we have a dog now. And I don't think it smells like shit. Maybe he's um, farted. Dogs fart a lot. Yeah, yeah, dogs fart a lot. And I think it might it might have been that. But she is now downstairs in the living room with me and she is asleep. And I've just been enjoying you two banter back and forth for a bit, to be honest. So <laughs> good, good. <laughs> you wouldn't floor the night in the dark wood one. Is that is that solid wood flooring? Um. Well, we we had it put down. And we ripped up the carpets and then put this down. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. Oh, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Um. So um. For those who don't know, I was kind of like I, I, I had the video on a little bit. Uh, Mark and Becky were helping me hunt for poos, but we didn't <laughs> find any. Um, so let's move on and talk about the 
Ready? Yeah. Now here's a little story that I got to tell about three bad brothers that you know so well. It started way back in history with that rock, MCA, and me, Mike D. Hello, everyone. Woo! What we're gonna do right here is go back, way back, back into time. The Beastie Boys. 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 In the early 80s, everyone in our scene was in the band. We wanted to be rappers so bad, but we were mediocre at best. Most rappers hold their rhymes in little pieces of paper, right? We went from being famous in a 14-block radius to being on tour with Madonna and Rick Rubin. The shows kept getting bigger and bigger. We morphed from making fun of party bros to actually becoming those dudes. We were burning out. I just didn't even recognize the person that I had become at that point. The Beastie Boys story. I am feeling very, very drunk, guys. So I'm not entirely sure how good at hosting I'm going to be for the rest of this. So let's see how this goes. It's directed by Spike Jones, and it stars the Beastie Boys. I think that's probably all you yeah. need to know about that. It's yeah. um, basically footage from a kind of like a live show that um, uh, Mike D and the Adam, who's not Adam Yauk, did uh, last year with Spike Jones directing the live show. And it kind of seems like it was done in conjunction with a book that they put out as well called The Beastie Boys Book. Yeah. Um, and is them, you know, kind of like charting their origin and their development and how they kind of just grew as people through the making of the band, really. Um, so this is on Apple TV Plus. Um, so it's pretty accessible if you're in the Apple ecosystem. And uh, Mark, what did you think of the Beastie Boys story? Uh, well, I'm a, a Beastie Boys fan. Um I'm a a fan of all of their music, but I'm um, I, I'm also was very aware of the fact that they're not that much of a fan of their earlier music, and I can sympathise in as why they're not a fan of their their earlier music. Um, the I like the, the 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 styling of the documentary, the way that they they do it, um, because rather than a lot of documentaries. Um, they, especially ones that tell the story of how a band became anything like that, they focus on the band, but you don't often spend that much time with the band. Whereas this, it's you've been invited to have them tell you their story, and somebody else tell you their story, and within that, you you get an idea of um, of more of how how they went on the journey of the band rather than just the band's journey. So you've got them sort of talking about um, the sort of the ridiculousness of, of what was going on and how they got caught up in it. And it, they can kind of have a bit of self-reflection in that. Uh, so I, I, I really like that element of it. It was quite fun, the stage element of that as well. Um, and that was quite a fun um, sort of little way to, way to do it. But I just, it, it was, I think the fact that you've got um, Mike D um, and Adam Horowitz tell the story and they very much are going look the main creative hub of the band was Adam Yauk um, 
and he's not here. So uh, I thought that was you, you could see that, it, that that has had a profound effect on them mm-hmm. and everything. They, they do seem like a a couple of guys who have absolutely learned lessons from what's happened to them from the yeah. journey that they've gone on. Yeah. They've, they've learned a lesson from it and they've grown as people and they've become, they've become better people of it. Um, there's a great moment in it where, you know, um, he's talking about the fact that he, um, he got questioned on him commenting on uh, the treatment of women within the music business. And a journalist called him out on it and said, well, what about, you know, the way that you speak about women in, in, in your songs? And he basically says, yeah, they were right to call me out on it. And, you know... His response was good there as well. His response is saying, you know, I prefer to be the guy that learns from that than that guy. I, yeah, I prefer to be a hypocrite than never change. Than never change, so, yeah. Which is spot on right. And I think that there needs to be an element of of that. Look... People need to be allowed to grow, don't People they? need to be allowed to grow. You can't judge a 45-year-old guy off something he said when he was 19. You know, fuck... If you stood a camera in front of your average fucking 19-year-old who might have been a really nice fucking kid nights at a time, if you stood a camera in front of them that much at that amount of time, they're going to say some dumb fucking shit. Kids um, say dumb shit all the time. What? Kids say dumb shit all the fucking, time. At 19 years old, Jesus Christ, if fucking camera phones existed when, I, when we were 19. Jesus. Do you remember how you used to call everyone fascist? People were fascist and I stand by that. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it, it was it was really good. Um, else to um yeah, well I I really enjoyed it. I I mean I am absolutely not its audience because I haven't I don't have any kind of familiarity or or anything nostalgia for the Beastie Boys. They just weren't they're not anything that's ever had a huge influence in my life. Um I mean I've tried, haven't I? You have, yeah, but it's it's just not it's not my kind of music. That's what? Um but I really enjoyed the documentary. The format was was a really good idea, um, doing it that way. Like you say, with a lot of them, you know, you, you're spending a lot of time with a lot of talking heads that are discussing the band and things like that, but you don't really spend that much time necessarily with the band. Um, so it was nice done like that. The only the only criticism I did have on the format is some bits felt a bit too forced. Um, at points like a bit too over rehearsed and um yeah that that kind of took you out of it a little bit but the story itself the actual story of the band was was really really interesting um but like i said i think this is more more you and ian conversation given that obviously you guys have gotten a bit more of an affinity with the music itself um but yeah learning the history of it all was was good and like how things link together as well um so yeah I, I did enjoy it. Good. Ian. Yeah, I, yeah, um, I, 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 I had a really good time with it. I mean, I'm, I'm not a massive, massive fan of Beastie Boys. I, I, Intergalactic was was definitely a, a banger for me in my um, in, in my kind of like um, secondary school days. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I oh, fuck's sake, Siri. All right. Um, I found it really touching. Um, that whole element of them not disowning Fight for Your Right to Party, 
because it kind of like helped them get where they where they got to. But Distance. at the same time, just, like just being, yeah, that's not us now. Um, like you guys said, I, I, I thought that kind of like that growth there was uh, was really palpable. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, I, th- I think maybe I, I found the Spike Jones interjections funny. But maybe a little bit too much, perhaps. Like it, it's when it, just the two of them on stage, they had some really good chemistry going, and that whole kind of like the, the crazy shit thing. Um, but like it, it's it, it felt like just a kind of like a skit in the middle of this, and it was like, did we actually need that? And, and probably not. Um, the, I, I I liked the. I liked the way that they dealt with the, the, the mixture between kind of like live kind of performance and the clips and how they all kind of melded into each other. The, uh, the bit where the, it's like the slow moving, like walking up the, the street and then them having to kind of like pretend to slow move, walk up the street and just realize like, this looks really fucking stupid. Like it was, it was good. It's, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, it, it feels like this probably would have got more attention if I think it was due to play South by Southwest, yeah. and it, it it seems like it's got barely any coverage, and that's essentially because there wasn't any fit any like big premiere to attach it to, mm. um, which is odd because basically it's the new Spike Jones effort, you know. Yeah. And when was I mean shit? What was it's her, the last her was his last film. One. That, yeah. God, that was what, 2013? It, it's longer than you think, I think, isn't it? We, the thing is, it doesn't make an awful lot of movies. Her, 2013. No, but, yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, where the Wild Things are was 09, I want to say. Um, it, it does feel like it's been, it's been a while since he's he's been about, so it's just, it's fun to, it's fun to hear him again, you know, um, it's it was a really really good time i thought the stories it it, it told were interesting i thought that the the guys on stage were affable you know the 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 music's good it's even as someone who wasn't really into the beastie boys it, it was two hours that fucking flew by really flew by yeah i i i had a great sound as that's it's good when you're a documentary and you're um you talk about a band like we said that you said there bex if you're not in the band and you can get on with the documentary that's the documentary working well but also if you are uh its target audience and you come away from it going that was fucking great it it, it was and i i found it fucking great you know the beast boys were a yeah it's kind of the opposite of what you said about the quentin tarantino one really wasn't it it's not it's not just the Wikipedia page. It's telling you something new. Yeah, and you know they, they were they were a big band for me. You know, in sort of like the mid nineties because they were they they had that great thing of I, I got into sort of bands like like Pearl Jam um, and Nirvana. You know, when I was quite young, but also I liked things like um, Ice T and Cypress Hill and Snoop Dogg. So I liked rap and I liked rock, and then. There was this band that were kind of doing both, but they were a little bit out there and a little bit fucking odd and seemed like they were on the edge of things. 
and kind of they always seem like they were thumbing the nose at it a little bit but in a fun way mm. uh, and now you find out yeah they kind of were <laughs> yeah and that's that's pretty i think that's pretty cool yeah, yeah absolutely um I, I I don't know. It kind of feels like we're 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 probably done. Um, yeah, but, I, I, yeah. Documentaries is never that much. I think you can get into it. You have to get into like the those elements of it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean it's it, it's an easy, definitely not. Sh- and it, if you like Beastie Boys, it's basically a must watch. Yeah, I mean our, our audience poll definitely not shit. Seventy one percent, Touching Cloth fourteen percent, then Geostorm fifteen percent. <laughs> I don't think people understand the Geo stuff. They will call that Dan's honorary. They will call that Dan's honorary. I don't know. I'll just press a button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Cool. Okay, good. Good. Um, so. All units, all units, suspect heading south. Suspect is considered armed and extremely dangerous. Do not engage. I repeat. Do not engage. Lace your fingers behind your head, drop to your knees. Oh, what the hell's going on? Claudia was kidnapped three days ago. You shot the only lead that we had. Can you tell me about Cheek's daughter? What are you, a reporter? Someone took Bo's little girl. She's in a box somewhere, and she's gonna drown. I can't let that happen. Do you understand? The person dies and nobody cares. You're gonna know what it feels like. I'm gonna kill you. about Claudia. This is her son. Oh, you are me. I'm a real lead. Lastly, in terms of main reviews this week, and uh, this is a beast of a show, guys. We're going to go well over three hours this week, so that's great. Um, well, at least I think it is. Um, in the line of duty, or otherwise known as line of duty in the US, um, is this week at time of recordings, uh, iTunes 99p rental of the week. It's directed by Stephen C. Miller and stars Aaron Eckhart, Giancarlo Esposito and Ben McKenzie. Um, and this is the story of an officer uh, played by Aaron Eckhart, who has got a bit of a dodgy past. And um, he, like the, the chief of the police department, uh, played by Giancarlo Esposito's daughter, is kidnapped. And he has 64 real time minutes to try and save her. Um, a blogger woman, blogger. reporter called Ava teams up with him and um hilarity ensues <laughs> so, 
Um, this this is this is a film. Uh, Bex, what did you think of uh, in the line of duty? Yeah, I. Yeah, um, he, yeah. He kind of he accidentally kills the kidnapper, doesn't he? Not knowing it, that it's the kidnapper, and he's the only person that knows that they know of that knows how to find the daughter. So he kind of gets stripped of his his. It's a, it's a bit of a give me a gun and your badge kind it of. It literally is that. Put your weapon on the table, which yeah. does sound quite dirty. <laughs> Yeah, it does. Yeah, we had a good giggle at that. Yeah, oh, you know, if he put his weapon on the table, it'd be like, bonk. <laughs> it'd be like a thud, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it basically is kind of, he takes it upon himself to go rogue, doesn't he, and try and solve the solve the, the kidnapping and save the girl and all this kind of stuff. It's, um, it's a very odd film, isn't it? Very just giggle and nod. People can't hear nod. Um, there's there's some real weird choices that it makes. Like the the girls are really fucking annoying. I'm just gonna put that out there right now. Mm-hmm. The 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 two like news web people are very very fucking annoying. Um, you mean you mean the two girls who literally look like they couldn't care less about the actual fucking truth. Two actresses who you look at. <laughs> oh, I don't think you have ever fucking watched any single news show ever yeah i bet you can tell me each and every one of the kardashians but not a single news anchor in history we are we are the tellers of the truth there's none of this corporate bullshit we have two 27 inch imax i am gonna run around for the entire film with an airpod in my ear and an Apple Watch on my wrist. Yeah, but we but, are anti-corp. But specifies at one point. No, I'm not sure. I'm, not, I'm, I'm damn right. I'm concerned about it. It's a smartphone. Yeah. It's like, all right, Grandpa. <laughs> I, 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 I did like that. Um, I, I did like the your stupid phone. It's a smartphone, actually. Like, fuck off. Yeah. So th- those two were irritating as fuck. But um. I can't sit here and say that I didn't enjoy my time with it, to be perfectly honest. It's fun, but it's kind of shit. But it's fun. So what you're saying is... Yeah, well, we're not getting to that yet, are we? (laughs) Oh, we're getting to that, guys. Get ready. There's some some really odd moments. Like... The bit specifically, which I'm sure we all want to talk about, is the bit where the car flips. For no reason. For, For no reason. I I said to you while we were watching it, I don't think a Fiat 500 would just fall over if you took a sharp turn. It's like that sharp a turn. It's, it's not. A sharp she, turn. she just swerves. But it's not that sharp. No. Um, it's not car shits the bed and falls over sharp, is it? No. No. Uh, I I I at one point had to check and was like, oh, do I, I need to make sure, Bex, that Fiat 500 do an electric car, otherwise this is going to annoy the shit out of Ian. <laughs> <laughs> do they? They do, but yeah. I don't think it's that version. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, the electric cars ain't shit thing is something that people are going to have to get over. My car surprises the fuck out of people when I am next to them at traffic lights. The weird thing uh, is, he literally, he has 
the opposite reaction to what most people have when they get in an electric car, which is he has the reaction of someone who has never driven an electric car who thinks is what will happen. Because electric cars, they set off really fucking well. And they set off really really quick. The problem is, once they hit a certain speed, they can't go any quicker because they run an electric engine. Yeah. Um, But he has the opposite reaction to that. Mm. So unless the Fiat 500 just is the reverse of every other electric car. I mean, maybe. I mean, it can't. The bit where he's trying to squeeze into it's funny. Yeah, that is quite funny. (laughs) Yeah. Reminds me of the bit in The Simpsons. Well, uh, anyway, um, but yeah, it's it's. I don't even really know like what to say about it. To be perfectly honest with you, it's fun, but it's kind of crap. But it's fun, and it's got a happy ending. Yeah, Mark. Um, <laughs> it's. It's terribly written. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it is literally written like the guy who wrote it has just said something offensive and his daughter's told him off about it and explained why it was wrong of what he said. And he's Googled work culture and gone, <laughs> I could write a fucking movie about this. I could write a movie. What else do I like? Well, I like running, so there's got to be a really fucking big running thing in it. What else do I like? Well, I think cops get a fucking bad rap. They have a hard job. I'm going to do that. Well, I'm going to take a break now. Uh, I'm sure I'll open Pornhub. Right, so apparently I like jerking off to burly black gay dudes. <laughs> I need to see that that in it. Of that. Right, what else do I like? Well... Do you know what? Do you know, I, I don't like electric cars. I, I I I don't like electric cars. I don't like electric cars. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try one. I actually quite like electric cars now. I quite like them. Although I, I did scare myself turning a corner. Right. What else don't I like? Do you know what else I did like? I really like Matthew Fox's performance in uh in Alex Cross. Alex right. Cross. <laughs> I also really like the OC. I want that guy from the OC to do Matthew Fox in Alex Cross. Right. I also like helicopters. And I've just watched Nightcrawler. I need that in it as well. And somehow, somehow, they came up with a really bad movie that is terribly directed, questionably acted, but is really quite fun at points. I like the fact that it all takes place during the day. Yeah. Is always fun. Um, I mean, did you, did you know that it, like, when that clock starts ticking, it's literally 64 minutes? Yeah. Like, that's fun. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I like, like, I like fuck it. Let's just do that. Why not? Yeah, I like the fact that it's in real time. I actually think that the... Um, the, the, the little back and forth that Aaron Eckhart and that um, Connie Eaton have is it, it, really quite interesting. Even though she's crap, mm. it, their back and forth is quite good. Yeah. The fact that they grow to kind of quite like each other. Um, and you know what? If a Line of Duty 2 came out where those two had formed a private eye fucking thing, <laughs> I, do you know what? I'd watch it. Yeah. Quite happily. Um, I mean, 
I like to, to be fair, by the... Crazy. Go on, sorry, hey, what? By the end of it, there is a little bit of... Uh, is there going to be a call me Captain Daddy situation oh, at they, the end? Oh, they, they is... definitely boned. Without question, they boned. Oh, yeah. they, they fucked. They, they they without question fucked. Yeah, I like but Ben also, yes, crazy. He was good, actually. It was better than I expected him to be. Yeah, I, I like, considering he's off the old thing. Yeah, but a, a point that, that, that really bugged me in the film, in a film Clearly. that is preposterous as, as this is, right? So, hang on a minute. He, Ben McKenzie, we think he's dead. But they don't, they, they move away from the fact that the ATMs don't check him for any weapons or strap him down or anything Did like that. Did you just say the ATMs? ATMs. EMTs. 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 That's the ones, yeah, those as well. Okay, um, okay. The fact that they didn't. The fact that I just translated that in my head, like, and didn't even question it, it's probably quite troubling. Isn't yes, it, it should be. <laughs> um, right. Let's move away from the fact that that was, whole thing was preposterous. Yeah. And the fact that he just walks. Who stopped the van for him at that exact moment so he could coolly walk it out? Let's not. Let's not unpack that. What we need to unpack is that he then stole a van, right? Yeah. But before he decided to drive back to his family home, which he knew they were going to, what he did was he installed a novelty horn in it. <laughs> the same novelty oh, horn. Yeah. So he went either went back to his original van that had blown up. <laughs> no, he went to a store and went, right, I've just died, come back to life, I need a novelty horn that plays La Cucaracha. Then he fitted it and then drove through the house. Yeah. But why? Like That first time that that happens, why warn the people that you're coming? Yeah. It makes no... It's brilliant, but it makes no sense. I do get the feeling that the only person who was in on how bad this film was was Ben McKenzie. And it shouldn't have been him. It should have been Aaron Eckhart. Because that's the... It very much seems like Aaron Eckhart turned up thinking he was going to be in a very different film for this. Oh, he thought it was his his taken. (laughs) Yeah. But but that, that's the because Aaron Eckhart is giving it his all, yeah. And like he's shoving it. It looks like anyway that he's fucking shoving himself through windows and through doors and all that stuff. Like it's a very physical performance. Uh, I mean that that mental fucking sequence where he's with the uh, the, the the black uh, the the black like uh, um, uh, cross dresser. Um, I don't know why I highlighted that by saying black. That's really bad. Um, I, I apologise. I don't think it is on that. I think I, I think I think there's an they want to overemphasise it in the film, so it's right to emphasise the um the logic of there because it's this bodybuilding crossdresser. Yeah. Yeah, but I, like that that sequence where he just picks up Aaron Eckhart and just fucking shoves him through the wall. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it, it's terrific, and then at the end, it, it's like just like when well, you got me on camera, and he just fucking like slaps his ass. <laughs> and also the 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 bit that I I I sent uh, in the boy chat uh, a video clip of the <laughs> this girl's been kidnapped. We are 
only half like an hour to find her. He just looks at it and goes, who's this bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I just... It's so odd. <laughs> it's... Th- this film is fucking bizarre. And also, um, as well, uh, as well, Ben McKenzie and his brother, right? The weird ninja. Um, right. So they go to a public cemetery, dig up their sister, right, and then bury upright a water casket, right, and as well, we'll come to the, I'll come to the next bit of that in a second, right, and nobody saw, nobody saw this at all, right? But also as well, when they get there and they know that this is literally time is running out, it is down, the last thing... Why did anyone pull out what was clearly the fucking the, <laughs> water. the water pipe? Yeah. They just move it out of the way. No. Yeah. Pull it out. <laughs> you don't even have a scene of him trying to pull it out and going, oh no. He just goes, I should move that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he just dig it with his hands. Other people turn up and our catch goes, oh, I don't have to fucking dig anymore. He does throw him back in though. And he does go, oh shit, no, I should actually, yeah. Because yeah. these. these He's crying with the skateboard. This guy's got a hammer. Well, you, you can't hammer dirt, you dumbass. I mean, you can. Not, not to dig. No, it would have the opposite effect. It would compact it. It would, yeah. That is literally the chief wig of, no, dig up, stupid. Yeah. <sighs> bizarre. Just, just bizarre. <sighs> yep. But fun. You can't, you can't deny it's fun. No, I won't deny it's fun. So yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. I mean, that's the thing. It is fun. Um, oh, as, as as well as well. Aaron Eckhart's little mate on the bike. Yeah. On the BMX, right? Why does that kid have a forty-five-year-old man's face? He does have an old face. You're right. He looks, he reminds me a bit of that. Gary Cooper. Yeah. He looks like no. Gary Cooper. Gary Cooper. You don't mean Gary Cooper. No, we don't, no. <laughs> You're not good at stuff. Not. Oh, not. I know, oh, I know the fuck you're talking about, though. He's Gary something. With different strokes. Yeah. Bad, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. We're going to see has got an O in it, basically. He's got, he has, uh, he has got some Gary Coleman He's got a Coleman vibe yeah. S thing going on there. Yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I... we, all, we all know where we're heading with this movie, don't we? <laughs> I think we do, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a full deal, so... Without question. <laughs> I'd watch another one. Oh, I'd watch another one, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. It is so geo I love the fact this movie doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. No, no, it doesn't. Does it so, have a oh, page if you just put line of nope, movie? Nope, don't oh. have one. Right. Okay, so that's two Geo Storms, yeah? Yep. Okay, my ranking. <clears throat> Geo Thinking. 
he's on his podcasting again. (laughs) 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 Why does he keep the chin in and out? I think he's got to get a drink at the same time. (laughs) 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 So the context listeners... Ian's just put the video up of what was happening at that point where he was geostorming us, and his dog looked well confused. <laughs> and a little bit scared. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I just woke her up. <laughs> okay. Right, we've got Twitter questions, Mark. We do indeed have Twitter questions. I shall just I just had them open a second ago, and then my Phone has locked itself. Uh, John Dangerfield asks, which Ghibli films do you recommend watching? Howl's Moving Castle. Is that a veiled Where's Your Ghibli show? It could be, yeah. That would be your three. So you can just go with three, I'm going to say. You can go with three people who are getting into watching Ghibli films. Which three do you go for? Getting into Spirited Away, Total Row and Howl's Moving Castle. Ian? Uh, Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, My Neighbour Totoro. Interesting. But I would absolutely fully recommend when Manu was there to anybody because that surprised the shit out of me as as to how how much it kind of how much of an effect it had on me. Like I, it's so touching. Because mine would be uh, How's Moving Castle, My Neighbour Totoro, and Lapita Castle in the Sky. You love. Yes. Uh, any of those nine that well, any of those that we've just 16%. said are, are great for for getting into it. But there's some really good. Arietti is brilliant. The Borrowers one. Oh, Arietti is really good. Yeah. Porco's great. Porco Rosso is great. Mm-hmm. Cat Returns, great. Now you should name them. All of them. I would recommend watching all of them. Um, Rick Kidd at Rick J. Kidd. Uh, are there any major film franchises you haven't seen any films from? I mean, probably. I got a like, legally blonde. Um, to all the boys I loved before. Um, yeah. It's going to be that kind of rom commy type thing well, it absolutely won't be that for me <laughs> i've seen all of them franchises though i don't think i've seen a phantasm film oh shit do you know what i don't think i have either no i i'm sure shout. i haven't seen a phantasm film well, yeah it's a really good shout i mean should we all watch phantasm for next week Amelian. Them to yeah, yeah Bex and I have already promised to watch Amelie while you were away. Yeah, you disappeared. Promises were made, Mark. Well, that, that, I, that will be mine, Phantasm. I know it's it's not major, so it's a bit more niche, but uh, I'm trying to think of a, of a major franchise um, that I've not seen any films of. I'll, I'll be honest with you, there's not an awful lot that I can see that we can really review next week, so maybe we could do Amelie and Phantasm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm bothered with that. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just looking. So I'm going through, um, having a look. Major film franchises. Uh, Does the Hobbit franchise count? Because I've not seen any of them. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. 
it pissed me off so much that they split it into three films that I refused to watch any of them. I oh. can't count Fantastic Beasts because that's just two movies. Oh, can I'll tell you, you what. Can you count franchises that are franchises? Ooh. <laughs> can you count franchises that are franchises but currently only have one movie? No. Because I've never seen any of the Avatar movies. <laughs> Could we? Oh, nice. Could we review this next week as well? Just have a little bit of a like a retro horror bastard's choice. Yeah, I am definitely up for that. Yes. Bex, have you ever seen The Exorcist Three? I think I have. Oh no, I'm thinking of The Omen. I don't think you have. I think because me and Ian reviewed it a while ago, a good few years ago on Bastards. Mm. Um, I don't think you watched it with me. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. I, 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 the reason why I think it, I, I don't think I have is because The Exorcist 3 is a movie you would remember if you have watched it. <laughs> Which, um, as we say, always say, it contains possibly the greatest scare ever in cinema. It, it, it is literally the best jump scare of all time. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I think you mentioned that as a jump scare thing on another <laughs> review that we were doing. Yeah, so we... Oh, this is ace. So next Never week then. Despicable Me movies. Nope. Sorry, I'm just going through a list of franchises. Carry on. No, just like next week, we're just gonna do <coughs> Bastard's Choice. So like, we're gonna do Amelie, Phantasm, and The Exorcist Three. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I am well up for this. Yeah. That's going to be a good fucking show. Yeah, that is going to be a good show. Never um, seen any of the Kung Fu Panda movies either. Ooh, I've never seen a Kung Fu Panda movie. Oh, oh, wait, the no, Kung Fu Panda films. Are... I've seen them too, oh. actually. Oh, that's ace. They're very, very good. Oh, I, I, I'm looking forward to the next week. So that's some good watching. The what, thing is, are we not doing the 99p rental, whatever that may be? We'll still or? be doing that as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that as well. But it's just those. Um, I don't see there's any major Netflix releases, and I don't see anything like particularly big that we haven't already talked about that's coming out to rent or anything. So, mm. yeah. The week after, we got Scoob. Oh yeah, that's getting dropped on what is it, isn't it? Yeah, I'll I'll watch Scoob. I'll, I'll watch Scoob. Um, what about what? like the old school monster movies? Do they count? I've never seen any of them. You have, because I've watched one with you. I've um, watched a couple with you. I have. Not not of that kind of studio. <coughs> so I've seen Nosferatu, but that doesn't count. I've never seen like the Dracula movies or Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein or anything like that. You've watched Bride of Frankenstein with me? I haven't, Mark. You always I, 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 do this. You assume I've watched things because you have. No, because often you have, and you watch, you'll get 10 minutes into it and go, oh no, I have watched this actually, yeah. Yeah, well, I haven't within this case. Yeah. I'll I, I, I tell you what, one of my best experiences with the 3D TV was the creature from the Black Lagoon. They did um, a 3D version of that, which they like released a Blu ray 3D version of, and it was terrific. It was really <laughs> good. I still maintain the best uh, 3D uh, Blu-ray that I ever saw. Uh, and I didn't see that many, but the best one I ever saw was Piranha 3D. <laughs> yeah, Piranha, yeah. Well, actually, no, that was good. 
Um, so, oh shit, that feels like uh, that is it for this week. So, next week we're gonna have bastard's choice. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna talk about Amelie. We're gonna talk about Phantasm. And we're going to talk about The Exorcist 3. <laughs> we'll also have the iTunes rental of the week, whatever that turns out to be. Uh, we'll find out tomorrow uh, as we record. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I mean, like, who the fuck knows in this like fast moving era that we find ourselves in? Who knows? No Time to Die might be on streaming next week. Yeah. Um, so there might be other things there. I will just one last thing on the iTunes rent of the week. I like the fact that it doesn't drop at any particular time. They don't update iTunes like at 9am. It isn't scheduled. It is literally like it's on someone's to do list for that day. And it's yeah. whenever they get chance to update <laughs> the iTunes library is when it gets updated. And I, I generally think, you know, when they early release stuff, when it's supposed to be out on like a Monday and it goes out on like a Friday or a Saturday, mm. I generally think that it's when that guy just like knows he's got shit to do Monday morning and he just goes fuck it I'll just put it out early yeah no one checks no No one checks Glenn's gone home for weekend he's gone somewhere else he ain't fucking checking what I've done (laughs) I'll tell you what though do you know what's got a release date for two weeks Friday what cats 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 like literally they have timed cats for when I have booked a week off work. So, I am fully planning on doing a commentary for Cats and a commentary for the commentary of Cats. <laughs> Is the commentary on that? Yes. Nice. <laughs> I am so surprised that commentary is still there. <laughs> I, 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 I hope it is still there in a couple of weeks' time. Thirteen ninety nine the only way I'm going to be able to see it in 4K so I'm going to have to do it 4K <laughs> HDR cats there's going to be some patron content that you will not believe <laughs> also in terms of patron content Nolan commentaries um, Mark and I will be starting those up Becky you are more than welcome to join obviously um, I, I, it's just because I've talked about it with Mark uh, going to be doing following. Um, I have given Mark my login details for the Criterion channel. Um, so we can all watch following. And uh, we are going to release that on the patron feed first. And it's then at a later date going to come to the Pod Syndicate bonus feed. Um, but we will start with following. And Mark, we should be able to record that this week, shouldn't we? Uh, yeah, I should be happy to this week. It's an hour and ten minutes long. We'll be fine. Oh, yeah, I can easily do that, yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, we are podsyndicate.com. Uh, you got Chin Stroker versus Punto. You've got Entertainment Landfill. You've got Beyond the Neon. you got What's on Tap. Have I... His, his film, film, her movie, of course. Jesus Christ. Um, so, yeah, please do um, go over there. Also... Um, the guys, not me, uh, I, I must say. I, I, I've unfortunately been um, too busy to have the headspace for this, but there are some fantastic um, kids' quizzes for kids' 
and not necessarily kids' films, but films kids can watch uh, on the uh, Pod Syndicate site at the moment, which is uh, a fucking inspired idea by Noel, quite frankly. And uh, Mark, have you contributed to that? I, I think you said I'm you're going to. next week. There we go. Okay, brilliant. So, um, yeah, there's some good stuff coming out on the Pod Syndicate. Uh, there'll be a playing it forward at some point as well. Um, yeah, I think we'll just, have to get it in the next couple of weeks, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just realised I don't think we quite made April, did we? Um, no, we did. The, the, the mums, the mums come thick and fast at the moment. Well, but yeah, we'll it, have that in the next. It, it, Sorry? Was, it was weird. January was six months long. Uh, February was like a week long. Um, March was eight years long, uh, and April was twelve minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it does. Um, I mean, you can catch uh, the first episode of Slater Cast. Oh uh, yes, of course. Uh, feed. Um, so yeah, that's that was that was a fun recording between me and Noel. Um, and there will be will be more. I think you should put the lettering quiz up on the on the website. <laughs> Maybe we should. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make a prediction now, and not based on any insider knowledge. I think by the time you're done with that, you're going to have Christian Slater on. <laughs> I would, I would, I would very much hope so uh, for that. Uh, it's a lot of fun to do. It's a lot of fun. Hopefully, it's a lot of fun for people to listen to. Nice. Uh, yeah. No. I, I, absolutely. I, I, I'll be honest. I haven't listened to the first episode because I haven't seen the film. Um. But I will. Good. Ah. Uh, I, I will I will put you in contact with one of the films. Oh, okay. Well, no, no, good, good, good. Um, oh, Which also coming seen? up. Sorry. Which one have you not seen? Um, it was Cox you talked about on the first one, wasn't it? No, we, we talk about we talk about a few in the first ones. We talk about. Um, Why did I think it was just Cox? We talk about Gleam in the Cube. Yeah. Um, we also talk about um, Heather's. Right. Oops. Pump up the volume and uh, True Romance. Well, I've not seen Pump Up the Volume or Cuffs. I will put you in contact with them. Okay, all right. Very good. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yes, absolutely. Slater Cast is out there. And uh, I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm very much looking forward to uh, listening to it. I just want to have some context. Um and yeah i think that's going to do it uh we are podsyndicate.com at dude Foz, at betsy Foz, at ian loring at film bastards and i think that's us out that is the longest show we have done in a long time i hope you enjoyed guys and we will speak to you next week with bastards choice bye-bye Bye. Bye.
Oh, yes, indeed. It's fun time. Fun time. Syndicate Valley. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.